0: Evening, my name is Richard. This is over and over and over again. This is the live season review a phone-in show, so if you would like to come on the show and give your thoughts on the season that's just gone, give your thoughts on where you think the club might be headed next season and also we'll do some votes as well for some awards for the end of the season as well, so if you do want to get involved you should see a pinned link on the comments, Uh, if you click on that that takes you through to the studio um, and you can come on and have your say about how you feel Um, the season went from your perspective all of this is coming up the other side of this. So, season reviewed in, um. <sighs> Where do we start, really? I mean, um, obviously, it's been quite a eventful season, shall we say, um, a smaller season in terms of number of games. We only played 48. I think it was in total, wasn't it, across the three competitions. No Europe, of course, this season. Um, so I wanted to start with um, probably the, the the quickest bit, which is the positives, really. It's been a few positives, but maybe not as many as we hoped for. Now, for me, The first big positive of the season was the improved atmosphere at the games, uh, particularly at the Emirates, which, as we know, uh, in the whole time we've been there, the atmosphere has not been great, generally. Um, But this season, you know, thanks to, you know, partly down to obviously the Ashburton Army and stuff like that, but the atmosphere in the stadium has been really good. And I think part of that's to do with the fact that for the last 18 months or so, we wasn't allowed to go to games. uh, And suddenly, this was the first season again, wasn't it, with full stadiums? And I think that that played a Part, people just wanted to enjoy it. You know, when you, when you get something you really like, they've been taken away from you. You may be more determined to enjoy it, aren't you? when it comes back again. And I, I feel that, that that's a part of it as well. Um, and, you know, I think that's been a real positive. And I think that our, our form at home in particular has, has improved this season, certainly on last season. We, you know, we still did lose four games at home, which is a worry, all, the, all to the top three as well. Manchester City, Liverpool Chelsea, plus, of course, Brighton. So um, we still need to improve at home. But I do feel as though the the improved atmosphere, certainly, played a big part in our improved form at home throughout the season actually so that was a really big positive and hopefully that will carry on my, my worry is that if the team stagnates a little bit over the next two or three seasons that that's going to start to drop off again because you know I, I think there's still excitement about being back in the stadiums but I'm not sure how long that will last we'll have to see but that was a big positive for me um one of the other positives for the season was probably um, one or two of the signings that we made. In particular, um, Takihiro Tomiyasu, I thought um, proved to be a really, really good signing. You know, there's a lot of criticism. One of the time we bought him, there was that ridiculous thing on Sky. wasn't there. I didn't know what he was. Is he a right back? Is he a centre back? Didn't matter. He came into the team straight away. Um, hit the ground running, didn't he? Put in some really good performances. Unfortunately, he did get injured a lot, didn't he, to second half of the season. So we didn't see him as much as we would have liked. But he's going to prove to be a really good signer for £16 million as well. Um, he, he seems a versatile defender. He had to fill in that centre-back a couple of times. Um, but his performances at right-back were, were fantastic. He was definitely up there for me with one of our players of the season. He certainly... The signing of the season for me, um, but yeah, um, he, had, he had some close competition. I thought Martin Odegaard as well. Uh, there was a few eyebrows raised maybe when we did sign him permanently, of course, at the uh, at the end of the season um, after his loan. Um, but he settled into the team really well this season. His link-up play with Bakayo Saka in particular has been impressive. And he's added some goals as well. Seven goals he scored this season, which is a, a decent number. Yes we need more goals from all the players really but you know the fact he got seven this season um shows that he can score of course the goal against everyone on the last day was a brilliant finish wasn't it and that just shows what he can do Uh, and he's been really integral to the way that we play as well um yes i was a little bit surprised he was given a captaincy when lacazette was out of the team um but um, he proved to be a really good signing as well. £30 million you know, is, is a decent outlay for the club, but I feel as though that's been money well spent. And I think he was a good signing as well. So those two, for me, they were real positives of the season as well, getting those two in. Just we've got to hope next season that Tommy Asu is going to be fit because we see how important he is and how much we missed him um, when he when he was missing. And sometimes that's the key to our, how important a player is, how much you miss him when they're not there. Um, some of the other signings may be a little bit underwhelmed, I've got to be honest. Ben Wyatt, he's been okay, don't get me wrong. He does seem to fit the style of defender that Mikel Arteta wants. He's good with the ball at his feet. He can bring it out of defence. His long-range passing generally is, is quite good. Um, but at times he was caught out defensively, I felt. He got out-muscled a few games as well. And um, for £50 million, pounds, I think maybe... Um, we all maybe was expecting maybe a bit more from him. Not, not that he had a bad season, especially. Um, but what you got to remember is we did buy... Um, Defensive reinforcements, and we conceded um, a lot more goals this season. And there's a reason for that. And, you know, some people might point to the fact that, yes, we had injuries. Kieran Tinney was out for a long time. Tomiata, as we said, was out for a long time. But the centre back pairing of Ben White and Gabriel played most of the season together. And we still conceded a lot more goals than we have done in certainly last season and, and even the season before, or certainly half of the season before that. So, um, yeah, and, and I feel as though sometimes defensively Ben White's concentration maybe when he got out muscled a little bit too easily. So maybe for fifty million pounds for me, um, he didn't really set the world on fire. I'm sure better things will come from him and I'm not saying he's 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 had a bad season or he's been a bad signing. I just feel as though um he didn't really hit the ground running for us and he you know he needs to he needs to improve still, doesn't he? Um but Maybe the price tag's a little bit of that as well. The other signings, I mean, Nuno Tavares and Sambi Conga were both bought as backups, wasn't they? You know, Nuno for Kieran Tierney. And yet Arteta didn't want to play him, did he, when Kieran Tierney was injured? Sambi Conga as well was, I mean, they even said at the start of the season, they do said, didn't he? he was backup for Granit Xhaka, essentially. But even Granit Xhaka, um, when, when he was out of the team, um, Samuel O'Connor didn't really play that much. And at the end of the season, when Partey was injured, Samuel O'Connor didn't get a look in. And Nenny got to play. So both of those two signings haven't really worked out. You know, over, what, 23, 22 million pounds we paid for those two. And it looks like we may have to dip into the transfer market to replace them just a year later. Um, so they haven't really worked out. Um, I wanted to leave the other side until last because I do feel as though there's a little bit of mixed feelings for me. Obviously, goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale now He had a brilliant start, didn't he? He came in and for the first three or four months he played, he was brilliant, wasn't he? That game at Leicester, he's up for a wall, isn't he, for the performance he produced that day. uh, was fantastic. But whether or not he started to believe his hype or or what it was, I'm not sure. But certainly towards the end of the season, I would say maybe the second half of the season, he's been very, very erratic, very inconsistent. And yes, he he still has produced some good saves, but also he's made look more and more mistakes as the season's gone on and the fact that he didn't keep a clean sheet in his last what 10 11 appearances um the only clean sheet we kept at the end of the season was the game that he didn't play against aston villa now i feel a little bit sorry for Bert Leno because the only reason why he's not been playing is because he's not as comfortable is he with the ball at his feet so um i think as a shot stopper um he's one of the best in the Premier League. And I think as an overall goalkeeper, he's one of the best in the Premier League. But because of the style that Arteta wants to play, the playing out from the back, we know the problems that Bert Leno had with that previously. So this was why Aaron Ramsdale was bought. Um, and most of, most of the season, his distribution has been good. Although, again, towards the end of the season, it's been a little bit erratic as well. But, um, yeah, I, I just feel as though, is he, as an overall goalkeeper, is he better than Bert Leno? I'm not sure if he is. Um, He's better with his feet than Bert Leno, but is he a better overall goalkeeper? I'm not sure. I think Bert Leno is a much more steady, reliable goalkeeper. And we saw with that performance against Aston Villa that he's good enough to do a job um, and do it really well. So that's a strange one for me. Um, I can understand why we bought Aaron Ramsdale. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying he's been a bad signing. But I feel as though his performances really did drop off quite dramatically in the second half of the season compared to how well he played at the start of the season. And I feel as though that's something that... um needs to be maybe looked at in a summer. You know? Is he guaranteed to be number one or is Burnt Leno deserves another chance? Will Burnt Leno stay anyway if he's going to be number two? Um, again, he, he played, what, four games in the Premier League this season, Burnt Leno, and three of those were the first three games. He only played one more after August. So I think that's going to be an issue that we need to look at. Aaron Ramsdale needs to calm himself down, um, quite honestly. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a good goalkeeper and he had a good season. But... He, he was very erratic for me towards the end in particular. And he needs to just calm down and concentrate on being a decent goalkeeper rather than all the other histrionics that seems to go on around him, which I think maybe distracted him a little bit. I'll say maybe he's believed his overbelieved his hype a little bit too much as well, perhaps. So that's something that um that we need to look at as well. But they were the signings that we made. So overall, wasn't a great transfer window. Even with hindsight, looking back, it hasn't been a great, it wasn't a great transfer window. It was all right. We, we brought in some decent players, Martin Erdegaard and Tommy Asser in particular. Um, Ramsdale and Wyatt will be good signings, I'm sure. The other two, Tavares and Laconga, young players, they may well get better, but it looks as though we're looking at replacing them already. And that's a worry for me when our players <coughs> that I t- wanted to sign. Now, apart from bringing in six players, we did actually get rid of 16 throughout the season, including in January, some on loan, some permanently. So the squad depth just disappeared. And we could see how much that cost us, of course, um, as the season progressed, particularly in the running. You know, we in the running for the top four with such a weak squad. It, it, we were all worried, weren't we, in January and February, what if we get two or three key injuries at the same time we said it on this show? And what happened was we got two or three key injuries at the same time, we saw how much we struggled. Now, yes, you could say we are unlucky with injuries, and of course, we were unlucky with injuries, but ultimately, that was down to bad planning. You can't have such a spin squad and expect to even though we were out of all the competitions, and expect to just go through the last what was it 18-17 league games with just those same players and expect them not to get injured I hope they wouldn't get injured just bad planning for me and, and that's cost us ultimately in the end and that was a mistake so January was a disaster and some of the players we, we let we let go out on loan as well could have done a job in the second half of the season for us when we were chasing top four people like Gwen Doozy Ter- I know Torreira maybe different does he want to play for us maybe not but you've got Nelson and um Reese uh, Reese Nelson and Ainsley Maitland and I was playing tonight against each other in the Europa League final. Surely they could have come in, or is it the, the conference league final, whatever it is, surely they could have come in and done a job in the second half of the season when we were so thin on the ground, even if they would, look at the bench we had in the last 10-12 games, you know, load of kids that never played. We could have had them on the bench, you could have come on if necessary and done a job. And that was bad planning by the club, I thought, in January. So, anyway, um, that's, you know, that's, that's the way it ended up, didn't it? And the the transfer business over the season for me was one of the biggest negatives because it left us with uh, far too many gaps in the squad, which ultimately ultimately cost us. Um, we have got a guest joining us today already. It's Adam. You uh, obviously everyone will know Adam from the from the Tuesday uh, Tuesday Click Show. Yeah, okay, mate.
1: Yeah. yeah, all good, mate. All good. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad at all. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the plan initially was to get a, a show with all, all you guys on that's been on through the season, but it was just impossible to get a night that suited everybody um, just because, I mean, Friday would have actually been the best night, but unfortunately I'm out on Friday. I've forgotten about that. So um, I just thought the best way to do it is if anybody's available want to come on, we can have a chat about the season um, and do it that way. And, and it, probably just leave it till next week. The season's finished. I am. Um, <laughs> and you're here, which is great. It's great to see you. Um, I mean... What, what would what would your main positive be, or, or main positives be from the season? Because I, I I'm still I'm still feeling quite down really about the big opportunity that we had that we were unable to take for various different reasons. But I mean, what sort of positives have you taken from the season overall? Because there has been some.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I'm I, I do think it's been a missed opportunities season-wise, completely missed opportunities, and I don't think that those kind of opportunities will come around. I mean, I'll touch on the stats a little bit but I suppose the positives for me have been the atmosphere in the ground have been a major plus that's been so much better this year it's been gradually improving Oh, you know since Emery left you know it was a bit toxic obviously in the later Wenger years Emery quickly turned quite toxic um but this season especially in, uh, you know I think you've got to give credit to, to the younger players I think they're the ones who have kind of galvanised the fans they're the ones that the fans have been able to get behind and believe um, and I think the fact that because they are young, they are going to make mistakes. They're not going to be consistent week in, week out. Fans mm. can kind of overlook that as long as they're giving their, their 100%. And they yeah. do. You can't ever, I don't think, doubt. We've had bad performances, but you can never doubt the actual commitment of the players this year, especially the youngsters. So the atmosphere in the stadium has definitely been, you know, a plus for me You know, at some yeah. point. like. For a few seasons, I wasn't enjoying going to games and I was like, oh, you know, and it was getting no. tedious. It was getting toxic. You're thinking, what the hell am I doing here? But this season, even we've not got the results, I've actually really enjoyed going to games, being at games and leaving the grounds. You know, even if the performances haven't been great, the atmosphere has been a lot better. So that's yeah. definitely been, I think, the major plus point. Um, you were touching on there about the signings. I think that it's been very hit and miss. And I think overall, they've as a collective, it's not been great. Um, I think that they've been masked by, like you mentioned, Odegaard and Tommy I think have been the main two who have been really, really strong. Um, yeah. It's a shame Tommy Yasu couldn't have been fit the whole season. He could have made a hell of a, a difference for, yeah. for me. Wow. But I think Odegaard has been a plus. I think Odegaard has, for me, probably been our most consistent player. Um, it's just a shame that not everybody's on the same wavelength. But when he's on fire and Saka was on fire, you could see that link up working really, really well. But, you know, unfortunately it maybe only happened a handful of times. But the potential's yeah. there. And I like a thing I like about Odegaard is he, we've now got a player who can link up the play quite well. Um, my main concern with Odegaard is he can't really impose himself on the game when we need to have someone who can impose themselves on the game. That's something that hopefully he can learn. Um, I think he's got the willingness to do it. I've seen him at games when he's tried to do that, but it's just not quite come off. But if he can kind of bring that aspect to his game, get more of an influence when things are not going well, it could be great. But he's definitely been the player I think that's made us sick this year. You know, link-up play, back and forth. You know, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Ramsey in his plump, a little bit, but maybe a little bit more skillful, that kind of box-to-box link-up play that we've kind of been missing a little bit. So... Yeah, I'd say the fans and probably his performances on a consistent level for me have been, the, have been the real plus points. I think, like you briefly mentioned about Ramsdale, I'm happy with him. I do think the second part of the season was not as good as his first half uh, no. by any stretch. And I think concentration levels seem to dip a little bit. And he seems to be very much a goalkeeper who's confidence goalkeeper. You know, if he's on yeah. song and he's confident, he performs very, very well. If things don't go his way, he kind of loses his head a little bit. But again, he's young, especially for a goalkeeper. So, but he's shown his potential. You know, he has shown his potential. And Mm. if we kind of, you know, can concentrate on his strengths and maybe help him kind of ease out of those weaknesses and that, then we could have a real star in our hands.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so, yeah. I mean, I I don't really want to criticise Aaron Ranzo particularly, but, you know, I I agree, the second half of the season. And I don't know whether it's a little bit, I, I kind of felt that, in the first half of the season, he was getting so much cra- praise and credit from everywhere because he was playing so well. I mean, that game at Leicester I mentioned, where he, you know he's got from a wall for it, isn't it, for his performance yeah. that day? And I just feel a little bit maybe that a lot of the hype maybe went to his head a little bit, and he started to become very erratic after that, and his performances were, you know, he was playing up to the crowd and he was doing these other stuff and distracting him from his job, which is being a goalkeeper and stopping the ball going in the net. And I don't feel as though he, he concentrated on that enough in the second half of the season. That may be why his performance
1: is Did you hear um, the podcast he done with Ben Foster? Did you hear that one? Yeah, yeah. So he said it on there that he struggles to keep his concentration. He even said it himself yeah. on that Yeah, podcast. he did, actually. Yeah, right, it. yeah. In many respects, I think that's something that's a good thing that he's aware of it. The fact that he is aware that he struggles with his concentration levels is good because I know a lot of people Mm. who probably don't think they've got concentration issues, and they obviously clearly have. Theo Walcott reminds me of a player who had terrible concentration levels, but at least he's aware Mm. of it, you know what I mean? And if he's aware of that, at least you can kind of work on that and do things to to work on that. So,
0: No, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he he did say that, didn't he, then, and and maybe some of this other stuff... Um, keeps him focused. He, he, sort, he sort of mentioned that, didn't he? Sometimes yeah. he, he, you know, he has banter with a crowd and stuff because it he stops does, him yeah. from from falling asleep almost. And maybe he has to do that. But I do feel as though it distracted from his performances a little bit as the season got on. Yeah, and I, I do so, know, so. Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed in the way he finished the season. But as I said, we've seen what a quality goalkeeper he is and I'm sure he'll be good. But I just feel that Bert Leno is a lot more steady and solid, isn't he? He doesn't you know, you he doesn't get involved in all that other stuff. Yeah. He's just 100% concentrated and he does his job. Well, we're not going to
1: change him though, are we? We've got this American keeper coming in um, yeah, clearly prominent as number two. It's a shame for Lena. I've never really had anything against him. He's a, he's a typical German goalkeeper, isn't he? He'd come in, get the job done. Yeah. you know, yeah, sure. and, and that's what you want from a keeper. But, you know, his distribution levels weren't great. That's, that was his that's only kind of goal. downside, really. Yeah. And if that's the way that Arteta wants to play, then you can yeah. see why he did bring in another keeper.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean that—that that was the issue, without a shadow of a doubt. And yeah. you know, and I said before, I mean Ramsdale's much better with his feet than Leno, but I believe Leno's a better overall goalkeeper, probably. But because of the way we want to play, Ramsdale is is ahead of him on that basis, isn't he? And he, but he does need to improve his concentration. He does need to improve his his consistency next season, right? along with many other players. Let's be honest, he's not the only one, is he, that oh, suffers from no, no. inconsistencies, right? And, that, and that's probably one of the reasons why um, it didn't quite, we didn't quite get the job done in the end, you know, the inconsistencies of certain players and that lack of depth in the squad, which we saw how, how much yeah. that affected us. Um, that, uh, with... you, you jinxed yeah. us on the show talking about injury as well. I mean, as an injuries kind of go together. You, you can't have a season with Arsenal without getting injuries, can you? Because it's just the way it goes, unfortunately.
1: But yeah. I think um, it's about but, the squad though, like, we did have a lack of depth, but I think one of the, the critici- criticisms I'd have of Arteta, and I think you have said the same throughout, is that the squad we have, he didn't even really use anyway. No, right? he didn't. And, and that's my main issue. Yeah, Is it because like there's just not the confidence in there? So I think that we definitely mm-hmm. overplayed some players this year and we didn't necessarily need to. I mean, I've, heard, I've seen a lot of people having a go about Lukonga, saying he's not ready, he's not that. He hasn't really been given a fair crack, if you ask no. me. And it's unfair to judge him at this stage. I felt that when he came in at the beginning part of the season, he looked good. I thought he looked good. He looked fresh. He had you know good ideas. But then because Mm. he's not playing consistently, when he was coming back into the team, he wasn't having the same impact. But how can you expect him to? Do you know what I mean? Like I think that it's a little bit unfair. People are. I've I've seen people. I mean, like obviously Arsenal Twitter is in meltdown no matter what happens. I've been people saying, "Oh, sell him, get rid of him. He's no good." How can you judge him on a season where he's only made like a dozen perform a dozen? You know. Appearances and maybe only four or five starts or something. It's ridiculous. And he's only 20. So that's the thing, though. He's had these players at his disposal that he's not really utilized and he's stuck with the same players, Hmm. you know, to the point where he's actually, even though we've not been in these competitions, they have been burning out, you know, and you can tell that from the performances. Like he's not been there to freshen it up. I mean, we've we've discussed it on a Tuesday about, oh, what's the team going to be? Same as last week. You know, as long as there's no injuries, that's going to be the team. As simple yeah. as that, really. And that is that then is a problem when you do get the injuries because you've got no one who's got that kind of match fitness or a ma- match focus. So yeah, no, I, I agree. It wasn't yes, I mean the, the squad depth was weak, but
0: ultimately I agree. He he played the same eleven players. In, in fact, he only really tended to make changes our when they were forced on him by injuries. You know, yeah. he would have he would have consistent he would have consist- um persisted with Lacazette. And let, until Lacazette got COVID and couldn't play. And then Eddie came in and scored a couple of goals. And then obviously he then he bad. didn't change it again because he doesn't like changing the team, does he? And he only made changes when he had to, not because um, he felt the team needed freshening up or because he wanted to give other players an opportunity or because he wanted to change tactics for certain opposition. He just played the same 11 every week yeah. unless someone was injured and couldn't play. It's and true. then he it's reluctantly right. had to change,
1: the it? difference from Saka from the beginning, mid-part to the latter part of the season. Saka yeah. was like burnt out by the end of the season. Yeah, it played was, the yeah. full season last year, Euros, all the England Nationals this year, and he was just tired, like, and you know, people were saying his performance is dipped. No, he's just tired, he's just been doing yeah. so much, and he's only 20. Do you know what I mean? Like, but then it shows to me how much lack of faith he had in people like Pepe. Whereas he mm. could have freshened it up a couple of games, brought Pepe in, he freshened Saka, but he just wasn't going to do that. No, which is, this no. is terrible, really. Why, yeah, you it, it
0: was it was bad, it was bad management of, of an already weak squad anyway, in terms of numbers, you've got to, yes, we only had, from January, we only had the league to play for, there was no other competitions, but even so, we had a lot of games, and a lot of big games that we needed results for. And you can't use the same 11 players. It's impossible. And I yeah. think some of the injuries that we got were actually the result of being overplayed. I mean, Saka got away with it. He played, he was he was fit enough to play all the way through the season, although how fit he was towards the end. I agree with you. He looked like he had nothing more to give at the end. Yeah. You know, and it's a shame because hopefully it won't have any long-term effects on it, on his injuries. No. Because when players overplay, they're more likely to get injuries, aren't they? Later well, on,
1: like Saka does seem to be able to get over injuries well. That's yeah, he one does. That's one thing that we've not had this, you know, with youngsters in the past. We've had youngsters in the past who tend to get these injuries and they stick yeah, around. But Saka exactly. does seem to have that, you know, capacity to kind of get over these injuries. I hope I just haven't jinxed things by saying that, but you know, he does, and I'm, I'm yeah. long that that continue. But I think that goes a lot. But you know, you saw how much he's bulked up, you know, mm, since the yeah. Euros last year. He massively bulked up, and you know, the muscles protect your ligaments, you know, protect your bones. So that for me is is he's thinking of that. Um, and well, I think Martinelli's going the same way because Martinelli obviously had a few injury problems. Now he's bolted yeah, up; yeah. And he's had yeah. less injury problems, so there's yeah. something in that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, let, let's hope that, that that kind of keeps keeps him fit, really. Um, Loki's in the chat. Evening, he says. Evening, to you, mate, as well. Uh, Robert says, "Hi, guys. Glad to be back. Had a heart up checkup. Oh, well, okay. Hope mm-hmm. you're well. Um, yesterday, he said an early call, but they were happy with it. That's good news. I'm glad you're glad you're well. Uh, he says, "Hi, uh, Rich and Adam and uh, Terry says, "Good evening, and Adam, and all in the chat. Hey you doing, Terry? Thanks for watching. And Loki just makes the same point that you just made there. So mm-hmm. that. Yeah, he was quite clearly he was dead down his feet at the end. And um, mm-hmm. let's hope he has a good rest in the summer and he can come back sort of stronger next season. We've got another little guest joining us, and it is Neil. How are you doing, Neil? Mm. You all right?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'll only be on for a few minutes um because I've got to go for my walk. <laughs> so but oh, yeah, no, it's no, no, good, no. good Thanks Good. Thanks for letting me come on for a little while and uh, just joining in this preview, I guess, or review, rather, of uh, the season. Yeah, of the,
0: of the season, exactly. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> We were kind of talking about some of the positives there. We did maybe go on to a few negatives as well, because it's difficult to separate the two, actually, for the season when you think about it, because it's been um, a a season of mixed up and downs, really, hasn't it? You know, there has been some positives, but there's been some negatives as well. I mean, we've mentioned the atmosphere in the stadium, which I think we all agree has improved massively. The away games as well, I think the, the atmosphere has been better one or two of the signings have been really positive as well um was there any other positives for the season that you can take from it i mean i know we're all a little bit down after the newcastle game and a bit down with missing out on that big opportunity for the top four but um you know with a with a few days to reflect a week or so after that have you come up with some more positives for the season that you can take from it all because there was some wasn't it yeah no i
2: mean i i i think you guys have uh Touching it, you know, perfectly. I mean, the 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 stadium. I don't want to go repeat myself, but the stadium atmosphere has just been a massive boost to to us. Yeah. I think it's more prominent, just poignant, because it's uh, because of the, the the strife that we've had over the last few seasons with the factions and the fan base. It's been so bad. The one thing mm. we needed to do is unite. No matter what was happening, no matter what each each of us thought, or as a group collectively thought. Of the decisions being made by the board who the manager was what signings we were getting and not getting uh what dead wood we were keeping the one thing that we should have done right from start is at least show unity within the stadium all right afterwards there may be debates and discussions and disagreements but the stadium you have to get right behind the team and i think finally we've we've, we've solved that issue uh this season i mean there were games as, as you, what you guys have said in the podcast of, of late that even when we've been down and we've not been playing well, the one thing that was consistent was the fans were still getting well behind the team, and that is a tremendous help. Um, uh, just, just a quick thing I wanted to, is I, was, I heard what you were saying about Leno uh, versus Ramsdale, uh, and I completely mm-hmm. agree with you. Completely agree with anything that, with that you said. The one thing I think that Ramsdale does offer, which is necessary in my opinion, is the verbals and the vote and his vocality, because I think Leno is very mm-hmm. quiet. And you know the fact that he's able to uh, command his defense and shout and scream and no matter what you know whatever he needs to do, I think that's really really important. And I think that's something that Leno does lack. So it's like they've both got their pros and cons, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. But I think, but being being verbal, being vocal, I think it's very very important, um, especially at this high level. And I think that's something that Leno is is just a very quiet, much of a more of a how can you say more of a quiet character. Um, he does his job he's a very very good stop shotter of course he is um, goes without saying uh, that one game he came in to fill in he was he was almost immaculate you know so he mm. can do that but I just think that Ramsdale has a lot more to offer from more of the positives that he does show and I think Adam was right I think he's still only young he will learn from it if he recognizes that he has a problem with concentration i think he will definitely learn from it um the surprise for me this season has been a, you know more towards the end of the season is elneni i think um mm. we can say he's a positive because he's come in and he's and he's just got on with doing the job which has been asked of him and he's and he's done it you know he's he's won a won a man of the match award recently um mm. he's he started becoming i think ever since the african nations cup he's come back and he's been driving a lot more forward he's not been doing the sideways stuff Uh, he's been a little bit quicker with his reactions and 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 seeing that pass that's needed to maybe facilitate a a forward attacking movement Um, and he's been doing some very good uh interceptions and things uh getting in the right being at the right place at the right time especially like for example uh, granite jackers goal against Man U I mean that was a it was a great goal but it was set up by El Neni, um hmm. initially because he won the ball and you know it, it's yeah. it's it, he's been he's been a nice surprise Um and I think because of that he's got a one year extension hasn't he on his contract Um no, yeah. El, uh, yeah Enketeer you mentioned I think uh you know i have written him off definitely written him off and then you know he came in and he did probably a little bit be- a better job than what Lacazette was doing he scored some important goals for us but i just i d- i don't know i mean there's there's some noises now that he's going to stay um, whether they're true or not i'm not i'm not one to go on speculation gossip and transfers i i i'd never yeah. believe that a player is staying or going until i actually see it you know make, an official statement made by the website or by arsenal themselves uh but you know if he is going to stay then yeah you know that's not a bad thing if he's going to carry on in the same vein my only fear is consistency with him um, and he, he, he shouldn't be the, the the striker that we've been craving for. We need a power striker. We need someone there yeah. that's going to score 20 goals plus per season. That's where we're lacking. We're lacking on the individual goal front. It's all very well having three or four, maybe getting 10s, 9s, 11s, 12s, but we need that one striker because that's what we've been lacking, guys. We've been lacking goals, and that's cost us so many games. Um, mm. It's one thing that we're we're trying to repair the, the defensive side of things which I think up until the injuries we were doing okay with and then it all fell apart with Tierney getting injured Tomiyasu but I, I think we need to be scoring those extra goals and we need a we need a 20 plus goal striker definitely in the squad uh, and, and in the, well in the first team and in, in fact um, Pepe's been a massive disappointment negatives Pepe 100% I mean I mean there that you can you could you can look around the pitch and and, and see quite a few but you know, I expected so many things. I was always keeping the faith with him. I always thought he's going to come good. He's going to get something about him. He's going to come good. But it's just his predictability of his style of play. It's so easy to to muffle out. Yeah, there's sometimes where he gets through and he scores a lovely goal. But it's just too fleeting for someone who's a, who's a forward, who's a striker. He's definitely been a disappointment. Saka for me is definitely... You know, I'd say, you know, people like Ramsdale, maybe uh, Shaka. in fact, even. I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, they've been consistent. But Saka for me, definitely player of the season, simply because he's played in every game. He's the first English player to do it since Winterburn, isn't it? Uh, for quite a long time. Um, So, for me, he'd definitely be player of the season. But I just feel that, um, I know you guys mentioned that he kind of had injuries, and maybe that's kind of, like, curtailed him a bit. Um, and, and he does recover well from injuries, totally agree, but my worry is his mental state, see, because it's also, you can get become very tired mentally, and I think him playing so yeah. often non-stop, you know, I think he just needs a break. He just needs a break to forget about football and just refresh, but I think he's going to be outstanding for us, and we've got to do everything to keep the likes of him, to keep the likes of Emma Smith, bro. Um, Martinelli, I mean, I love the guy. I've I, God, I've, I've lauded him since he joined, and I just... I, he just needs to score more goals. And I, I still feel he'll get a better opportunity doing that, playing some more central roles. But I know what you said, Rich, in the past, that you just can't see it happening. And yeah, maybe you're right. But I, I just feel that there is such a mass of talent within him that just wants to explode, that wants to be released. And I don't mm-hmm. know whether Arteta's style or whatever it is, it's just keeping him from doing that. Um, I, I I can only see good things in Martinelli, but I think it's just pressing the right buttons within him. To, to let that you know come out and flow, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I don't know who else on this. This you know you could go throughout the squad. You know, yeah, Gabriel, White and Gabriel, I think, were formed a great partnership. I thought uh, there was a time in Partey and Shaka formed a great partnership. That's the other th- positives that I could take from the season. I think when Partey comes back it, from the Afcon, yeah. he was
1: very good for that kind of six to eight weeks after the Afcon until he, got, he, was, he was brilliant. Correct.
2: Yeah, so you know. It, it's that you know we need those partnerships. We need those certain partnerships in key areas around the pitch that will help us because that's that's another fit, massive factor for us to be able to progress and eventually get that back into that top four top four you know positions. Um, but if we're going to keep getting being riddled with injuries and things, I, that's my worry. Uh, do we need to bring in players that? Uh, I mean, how can you know whether a player is going to be injured or not? Look at Partey. he had suffered no injuries before he came to Arsenal, none. <laughs> you know so he had a great track record and when it comes to arsenal he's got the arsenal injury curse isn't it it's just uh it's yeah. it's crazy you know if if all our first 11 kept fit for a good part of the season i think we would have made top 4 100% you know tierney is a great player when he's not injured same with Party uh, uh party tomiyasu you know great great three players when they're on on it without suffering from injuries and then as as you know as the, and, and the, we'd mentioned the fatigue from for players like Saka. if we didn't have to contend with any of that I've got a feeling we would have hit just got past that yeah, position. But,
0: but we, we you can't I mean, no team, you know, Man City, Liverpool even they were making changes in the in the last ten, yeah. fifteen games of the season. We wasn't able to because we didn't have players of a required standard to bring in. Yeah. And that's why they yeah. had to play. And we saw that. I mean, yes, Thomas Party was brilliant, wasn't he, for that for that time after the AFCON till he got injured. He was absolutely brilliant. Um and then of course he was injured. And you know, and while you you know you mentioned El and he came in and did a job, there's no doubt about that. Um but He's not the same level as Thomas Partey. And oh, yes, yeah, you, you so. could say that, you know, who, who would have two or three players in their squad of that same quality when you can only play one at a time. But ultimately, if you're going to build a quality squad, you need to have players that aren't necessarily playing every game. But when they do play, they're first team players that want to keep their place and are good enough to keep their place when they have to come in and play. And that's what you need to improve your squad, isn't it? And that's, and I feel as though we didn't really do that this last summer. We bought players to, um, a lot of them wasn't maybe ready to be first team players. And the ones that were played every week, Ben White, Gab, um, ben White Aaron Ramsdale, and uh, well, Tommy Asu, who was a first team player as well. So the others were never intended to be first team players. And ultimately, when you buy a player, for me, whoever we buy this summer, we've got to buy them on the on the assumption that they're going to be first-team players. doesn't mean they're going to be playing every week, but they're first-team, you're buying them to improve the first-team. You're not buying them just to pad out the squad. Lecongo and Tavares were just padders for the squad. That's all they were. They were never, ever going to be first-team players. But I don't want to buy players like that. That's, that's not what we no, need. I agree We need to buy players who, who can be first-team players and put pressure on those te- players in the first-team so that... I can rotate and say, well, you know what, this player is good enough to come in and do that job as, as good as this player can, or he certainly deserves the opportunity to. And, I, and that's what I want to see us do this summer, regardless of how many players we sign. I don't care. It's not worth us signing six or seven players that are just going to be squad players who just aren't going to be used because they're not quite at that level don't bother just bring in three or four that will actually that can put pressure on somebody yes we need we need goal scorers. no doubt about that you know when was the last time i don't know if you two guys can remember when was the last time we had a um our top scorer of a season only had 12 goals as lo, as low as 12 goals right. when was the last time i mean i can't even remember it's got to have been thirty years ago. Surely it's got to have been because we've always had a goal scorer, haven't we? Even last season, Pepe was top scorer with 16. I mean, 16 is not a fantastic number, but it's still a, a you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a great number, but 12 goals for our top scorer. And, and we was expecting to be in the top four when our top scorer is only scoring 12 goals. And he's not even a striker. Let's be honest. He's, he's you know, he's, I mean, he's he's a multi kind of functional player, Bakayoko, isn't he? But he's not a striker. He's not. Uh, he, he's a sort of a. He's not even really a winger for me. I don't really know what you'd call it. I suppose an inverted winger, maybe. But I mean, when was the last time we had a, a, a top score only had twelve goals? It would have been. Can you I mean, remember it? it must have been no,
1: and now you've got me thinking. I mean, like even going back to the the days, you know, going back to the nineties and, and the eighties, we had like you know Smith yeah, and right. Right, Obviously, um, with, they would yeah. always score twenty to thirty yeah. goals. Yeah, um, just I
0: can't, even, I can't. It must be. It must have been perhaps early eighties when we when we'd sold Frank Stapleton and you know Alan Sunderland was maybe tops so where he might have maybe scored twelve or fifteen or something. But it's got to have been at least that forty years ago. It's got to have been, and that's a you know to me that's a that was a big big problem this season. Lacazette played plenty of games. In fact, Lacazette played. He started twenty three, came on thirteen times. What's that? Thirty six appearances. scored six goals. Um, Eddie and Kate was the only other striker really. He started thirteen, came on forty. So he played twenty seven. And score 10 goals so they scored 16 between them <laughs> you know i mean normally we'd have
2: one striker scoring more than that wouldn't we you know i well, mean it's oh and right were talking about that weren't they on that should on like you saw it and they were saying that it's yeah you know in their day when they won the gold but you had to score like late 20s to have a chance yeah. of getting the golden boot yeah. nowadays yeah. you can score 18 19 and get it so, so i think um, they're kind of saying it's like it's kind of yeah. maybe it's the way the game has changed but still I believe if you're going to be contending for top four, if not the title at least, but at least top four, you have to be scoring late teens minimum, if not 12. Yeah. 08-09, Van yeah.
1: percy That oh, was, the last wow. was quite low. Well, 08-09, it... ben Percy got 11. Wow. wow he? he was that top scorer of 11, was he? Wow. Yeah. What season was that? Oh eight oh nine. was it 08-09. 9 That would have been just after
0: was, Cherry
1: was wouldn't it? Yeah, that was... Um, that was I bet he was injured as well. I bet he was injured yeah.
0: after that season, wasn't he?
1: probably yeah he probably uh,
0: would have been well i think yeah, we but, but,
2: but i bet you had more players scoring around that figure as well because we wouldn't, we've, we've never been scoring this low tally of no. goals before we've always scored even whether we whether, wherever we've come in the position of the league we've always scored realize. quite a few goals
0: I didn't realise it was as recent as that, actually, 8 09. So I mean, I know that's a long time ago, but it, it's quite recent, actually. I, I, but, yeah, under Wenger, I was, I'm was i really surprised that he was top scorer with that low a number, actually. But I guess it has happened. But the important thing now is that it isn't happening again next season. Next season, our top-scorer has got to get 20, 25 goals. We're- Somebody we've already got, whether it's whether it's Eddie who plays every week or whether it is. Someone's got to get 25 goals for next season, surely. JJ Zeus, if we buy him, he, he'll be about money. Perhaps we'll have to see. Um, him,
1: if Eddie stays, that's the thing. Well,
0: yeah, if Eddie we'll have to see what happens. There's a lot, lot of stuff going on. We've got someone else joining us, actually. It's a new guy to the channel. It's Kyle. How are you doing, mate? You all
3: right? I'm good. I'm good, Yourselves?
0: Yeah, we're very well. Very well. Good, good, good to good, to, uh, good to have you on the, on the show. You okay?
3: Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you.
0: No, no problem at all.
3: I'll call it from yeah, Ireland so i I'm a yet. big Arsenal fan the last 37 years.
0: Fantastic. Good. good. We, we like, we like the, the, uh, the older fans as well on this channel, which is good. <laughs> big we, we like, It's good to have you on board. I mean, what, what, you, what, what have you made of the season overall? And what have you made of the, the sort of where the club are heading or appear to be heading over the last couple of years and going forward? What have you made of it all?
3: I think we're going backwards. I think that's... Uh, to be honest with you, I have no time for Arteta's as manager whatsoever. I think he's bringing the club backwards. and know all this youth project stuff and all this, and I'm sick listening about player, young players that are young, inexperienced, tired. As far as I'm concerned, it's all excuses. These guys are all multimillionaires playing football, doing something that they love to do. Mm. I, I don't have, I don't have any sympathy for a footballer, no matter what age they are. You, me, the lads in the chat here, we all have to get up every single morning, six days a week, and go and do normal jobs. Getting a few hundred euros, a few hundred pounds sterling for your sentence. Pay mortgages, pay bills, take care of wives, take care of kids, educate your children, all that kind of stuff. I can't turn around and say, lads, I'm a bit tired here, Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I have no sympathy for these fellas. These fellas playing 36, yeah, 37 yeah. matches. That's what they're getting paid, all the millions of pounds. Saka, for example People are saying that he's running into the ground And stuff like that Saka's family, family, family Will never have to worry financially So me, you and the last lads here Would run ourselves into the ground as well If we were getting that kind of money I think Arteta Is a joke of a manager I think the club is going backwards I think 80% of the team That we have is not good enough to challenge For a Premier League title And I, as a fan of Arsenal Football Club my standards is to see Arsenal fight competing to win the Premier League. This fourth business is a heap of nonsense, and Wenger was the one who bought that in. If you get fourth, you get a. Ch- it's like winning a trophy. I want to be competing to win Premier Leagues, not fourth spot. Mm. And I see Arsenal fans celebrating that we finished fifth, that it was an overachievement. This is Arsenal Football Club we're talking about. I'm 37 years supporting them, I've seen. The 80s, I've seen the 90s, I've seen the great legends of the game, of the club playing. And now all of a sudden, it's an overachievement for fifth place. And they're all about that we can't financially uh, compete. Of course we can. Cranky as a billionaires. Hmm. Didn't our just spend $250 million on the current squad that we have? Therefore, it's Heath players. And they're not good enough. Uh you have to talk facts, lads. I, I I speak out, I have my own channel and I speak out and some people like it, other people don't. Uh both I say I I just say what I see and what I believe. And I just think like I'm gonna MO few players there that I don't think is good enough. Tommy Assum, not good enough. Cedric, Rob Hawley, Ben voice uh Sambi, and always a young fella, he's twenty three years of age, says Fabregas was running midfield at 16-17 uh Pepe Eddie and Kitya El Nenny so it's just a joke when you thought when you think about it. And then I say today to give it that uh El signs a new contract. So it- it's a joke, lads. And that's to say he's a squad player. And they did already, he's there six years. What has he ever done? What has he ever achieved at Arsenal Football Club? He's not even a squad player, he's not good enough. If for a squad player, if we're in a team, lads. And I come off as a sub, one of you guys come on, you should be as good as me. Hmm. We haven't got that, Hmm. Man City has us, Liverpool has us. We are the third biggest club in England. I think it's time that we start acting like that. And I don't think we are, I think it's a joke what's going on. From the ownership, to the board, to the management, to the players, to the fan base. I think it's a disgrace what's going on. It's not the club that I loved. That's my opinion.
0: I mean, it's, it's it's difficult to disagree with a lot of what you're saying, actually. And it's kind of um, a lot of that's how I've been feeling because, I, I, you know, I, I've been going to Arsenal since the early 1980s, you know, similar to yourself. We've seen all those great teams and Neil as well. Um, you know, Adam, uh, he's a little bit younger than us, slightly, but, you know, we, we've all seen these great Arsenal teams. And even before that, even before I was born, Arsenal were, were a great club. We, we won trophies in the 1930s and 1970s. You know, we, we've, we've always been, you're right, the third biggest club in England. And for some reason, everybody is accepting this, what I consider to be mediocrity throughout the club. It was, you know, it was always going to be difficult when, when Arsene Wenger left because of what he gave us at the beginning. And to replace him and move forward from that was always going to be hard with a stadium move and everything else. Right. And it was always going to be a, a difficult period. But it's almost like the owners don't want us to be successful. What they want is to the balance sheet to look good. They're not bothered about making us successful on the pitch because you're right what you say. They're billionaires. Our owners are as rich as Man City's owners or not far off. Newcastle's owners. They, they, they've got money. They have got money. They're just choosing not to spend it on Arsenal, which is their choice. But as us fans, we shouldn't be happy with that. We shouldn't accept the fact that we've got a rookie manager who's may may well never be good enough to take us to that level. Probably not. We've got, as you rightly said, a lot of players in this squad. If we want to, if we want to be taken seriously and challenged for trophies, which is what we should be doing as Arsenal. None of these, most of these players aren't good enough to do that, are they? You're right, they're not. You know, we've got three or four exceptionally good players who, who could develop into something really, really good. We know that they, some of these younger players are brilliant, but the, what's around them is not good enough. And we saw that this season. The consistency is not there. They're not good enough when it matters. You know, we, we we didn't have the the character to win to get those results in those last few games that we needed. You know, we didn't. You know, with three games to play, we were in fourth place. It was in our hands. And yes they were two of them were difficult games away from home but that's when you've got to step up that's you know Tottenham had some difficult games they had to play us for, as one of them and they had to play Bernie who were fighting for their lives you know and they won them games you know fortunately maybe here and there but it doesn't matter they they showed that character that we didn't you know and that's they've got more experienced squad they've got a more experienced manager and we're almost we're, we're sort of going about our business shopping in Lidl I don't know whether you have Lidl in Ireland, but yep, it's shopping in Lidl, whereas, whereas other, other clubs are, are shopping in Waitrose or Harrods or wherever it is. Yep. And, the, and and until we start looking at doing similar, we are never ever, people say, oh, it's a process, it's a process. But we'll never catch up because we're not making any moves to catch up. If we want to catch up, what we've got to do is we've got to have one summer we go out and buy three or four top quality players. And then we can start to say, right, now we're serious. The next window, buy another two or three top quality players. Then that's a process. A process isn't buying loads of young players every year, getting rid of all the experienced players, the, the big earners, getting younger players on small contracts that we haven't got to pay them as much money. That's not a process. Well, it's, it's a process, but it isn't a process that's going to lead us anywhere other than struggling to get the top six every season. And that's, what, that's, that's where we are. And the fact that people seem, or a, a percentage of our fan base, seem quite happy with that, to me, isn't that's not what we need we need the fan base to say actually no this isn't acceptable for Arsenal this process isn't what we need what we need we need to be at least trying to compete with Liverpool and Manchester City however far away we are now you know Liverpool weren't where they are now four or five years ago but they got a proper manager in and they gave him what he needed and we 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 can do that we're Arsenal we can get any manager we like in the world if we say to them, we this is what we want, we want you to take us to where Man City and Liverpool are, we'll give you the money that you need. Any manager will come to Arsenal because we're Arsenal. And they will. But that's not what they want. They're happy with it. They just offered us a new contract because they're happy with this mediocrity, because it doesn't cost them as much money. Yeah. And if, if if we can get into Europe every season, struggling into the top six just to get in the Europa League, they don't mind that. Bit of money, bit more money coming in, pays a few bills. Did they really want the Champions League this year? Obviously, they didn't looking at January when we were in fourth place. What did they do to help us? All we needed was two signings in January just to give us that boost to get us over the line. We would have probably finished fourth. We was only two points off anyway with the, with the weak squad that we had. It's just the club do not want us to be competitive at the top end of the league. And for me, and I'm sure you guys as well as fans of Arsenal, that's not what, that's not how we see the club. We see the club as, as a club that should have let, no, I'm not saying we, we should be winning trophies every season because there's only a few trophies to go around and there's a lot of good teams that are going to win them. But just to say, we want to compete with you. We're going to do all that we can to be as good as we can. And even if we're coming third behind Liverpool and Man City, but we're maybe five, ten points behind them, you can think, well, OK, that's not a bad effort. That's what we want to see. And then we can build on that. More better players might become attracted to the club thinking, you know what, you know, like they did with Liverpool a lot of players saw what Klopp was doing yeah i'll buy into that you know briovic and bruno gramares both turned arsenal down in january not interested they're not interested because they know we're not going anywhere and they know that that you know where they've gone you know bruno at newcastle he knows that they're a serious club they're going to be serious now they're going to they're going to be investing to make them successful you know briovic Bla- um, went to went to juventus you know champions league club and this is going to be our problem. I don't think we can attract the top quality players with this manager, with this regime, with this board and the way that the club is just muddling along. And while the atmosphere has been fantastic in the stadium, as we mentioned this season, which has been great, unfortunately, um, that's not going to last forever because even the younger fans are soon going to start to think, hang on a minute, this is not good enough. Finishing fifth or sixth or seventh, could be eighth next year when Newcastle get their investment. Who knows? I think next year, unless we see what the summer brings, but unless we start seriously making moves in that transfer window, next season we're going to be struggling to get top six. We will struggle to get top six next season. It's going to be harder. Man United are going to improve. They've got a new yeah, manager Newcastle. Newcastle, that's two yeah. more teams. Tottenham under Conte are probably going to get better next season, you'd imagine. Absolutely.
2: So, yeah. Where I, does that leave? I, I, I I I agree with pretty much everything Carl, Carl, you know you come out and spoke in your mind and I am you know I top man you know that 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 is a fact it is it is what it is you know at the end of the day as much as we might try and um you know cover it with 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 candy or whatever and try and make it look nice the point is we are a, a huge club in the grand scheme of things not not just in England but globally we are a well known mm-hmm. brand and we should be really competing for the top honours not not just dwindling behind which is what's been happening and and i've always said it i I said it in the last podcast i said not necessarily a trophy hunter but we want to see a proper fight um i've said I've, i've also said the thing about the players you know end of the day and i don't care even if they're in four five competitions and they got paid three times a week they play they are paid an awful lot of money we can't say to our bosses in our job sorry i'm having an off day today sorry mate uh, you can substitute me and bring 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 on my substitute and he can do my work today. We can't do that. We'll get sacked. We shouldn't be forty five. Um, I, I, I don't know you know it, it might be a silly little bit of a silly analogy because you know we're, we're talking about physical uh, uh, you know rather than maybe doing an office job or whatever it is that each of us do. but the point is that is the truth. you know we can't just not turn up for about three months because we're off form from our job. I, I completely agree with that. And I think the problem is the club lacks ambition. all these owners lack ambition. It's not the club maybe it's the it's the owners. the owners are the the intrinsic issue here and and if if they're happy with just running it as a business and not a football club, we're never going to change. We're never ever going to change unless there's something happens and the ownership is is removed, someone else comes and buys the club, and someone else with a footballing head that wants to completely change things from top to bottom we a david I, dean i struggled seeing yeah we, we, we needed need a david a david 100% needed david dean david yep. dean was instrumental in turning us from what we were into what we became i.e yep. that, mm. that season which led to the invincible era um and it was all down to david dean and as soon as he left you could see the change it was palette you could see it. it's tangible it mm. was the beginning of the end of that era and we've yep. never recovered if anything we've been struggling and you're right we we're now struggling to even to get the top 6 all right you you mentioned wenger carl and you said look you know he invented the top 4 as a trophy but at least with him we were still getting top 4 now we can't even we're, we're fighting to get top 6 yeah, so, right. so, you know you know yeah. it's it, 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 it's it's definitely a massive issue that needs to be addressed but i just cannot see it with this with these current owners and that's no. what's alarming now all i can say sorry carl just to, to before you come in all i will say is things are not going to have changed now in the in the short term. He's been given a new contract 2025. So he's he, we've got we as fans have somehow got to accept that we, we can't sit there being negative and think, oh, oh God, I'll on Arteta for another, whatever, whether you like him or you don't like him, we've got to accept that. We've got to get behind what they're trying to do. So what, what I was saying, I was saying it's in a group earlier today. I say, end of the day, if the board have had taken the faith, leap of faith with Arteta, probably because he's cheap, but whatever their reasons are, if they've taken that leap of faith, then Arteta has to repay that leap of faith that the board have shown him by getting in the right players this transfer window. He's, got, he's given this transfer window, he's got to bring in the right players and make a difference and then prove that to the fans to show that he is worthy of being the gaffer. And I think that is so important this season. But whether that happens or transpires, it remains to be seen. But uh, see, I, I do agree with what you
3: said. You see, my point of view there is that uh, I, I, I live in Wexford here in Ireland, so basically I have to drive two hours to Dublin Airport, get a flight to Stan State, get the train down, get the troop, go see the game, repeat, back home all in the one day. So your Sunday, you're pretty well excited Sunday. But I went over to do that to stand in the Standard North Bank of Highbury many, many, many occasions. I was there the last game ever played in Hybrid as well. And I saw that beautiful stadium smash down. And I was promised that we go out to the Emirates to compete with the best clubs in European football. We can't even compete with Spurs. It's a joke. Then on Sunday, they went out with their new strip. For next season But <laughs> yeah. what about the strip that they had on the Sunday and the, mo- the Monday and the Saturday before that Or the Thursday and the Sunday before that Against Spurs and Newcastle They weren't fit to wear the strip But yet they were fit to wear this new merchandise On the last game of the season It's a joke, it's a farce And the fans go out and pays the big money And they're all going around with the new jersey The cannon is even facing the wrong way <laughs> yeah. It's an embarrassment It's a joke since we went to the Emirates, our club never been the same since, and I don't care that I can only see next season being worse. I don't think we're even going to finish to the top eight next season. That's that's how bad I think things are. And you're on about to transfer this, this summer, they're starting off by giving an any a new contract. So, what's that telling you straight away that an is in the midfield? Shaka came out the other day saying Oh, we're going to be a fan We're going to stick together I'd like to see this progress and That means that that fan is going to be there next, next season And he's an absolute joke of a player Possibly the worst player I ever saw at the club Then you have Party, Who on his day can be brilliant But he's injured half the time And then you have Sambi Who in my opinion is useless like, then they, And then you are talking about Telemann Telemann's just not coming to Arsenal Everybody wants to wake up to that. He's now coming nowhere near Arsenal. Then uh, they're on the Eddie and Kitty signing the new contract and gave them the number 14 jersey. Tyrion Henry jersey. Eddie and Kitty. That's the standard stylized of this club in one sentence. It's an embarrassment. So I don't want to see any big signings coming around about JSOs, really. Would, if you were a top European player, would you want to come to Arsenal? Because I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know lads, I don't really know. Like you know, it's it's. I'm hurting. I'm hurting big time because this is a repeat. I'm seeing this every single year. It's like we're on a roundabout It doesn't mm. matter who the manager is. Arteta, yeah. yeah, yeah. Emery, Emery finished fifth, one season fifth and the European uh, Europa League. Five. I know we never showed up for that, but he got sacked. This fella that we have now is almost here three years. Eighth, eighth, and fifth. And one year out of Europe altogether. And that's acceptable. And the fans down in the, on tables singing this new song about, our, we have our title, we have. Give us a break, lads. Give us a break. It's actually Arsenal fans. They actually understand the history, the tradition, what the Christ meant, what hybrid meant. Because I don't think these fools do. The, 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 I don't know what else we We have a delusional fan base. I'm at the corner of a few lads out there. I want to do a, a show with him. Just ask him seriously. Like, a few fans off AFTV, Julian, I caught him out. What's wrong with these people? They're, they're, they're just delusional. Because our club, lads, you see, here's, here's my, my, my biggest concern. That we will end up like a West Ham United. Mid-table club, just lingering mid-table, year in, year out, year in, year out. And then we'll be forgotten about as the once great, mighty Arsenal, And I can see that happening, that's because I don't see any progression. And I don't see us fighting for any league titles or any European Championships. These are facts. it's, It's plain and simple facts. But according to some of the fan base, we're progressing. We're doing very well. We want to be proud. Proud of what? Proud of what? That's
0: that's what I have to say, Lance. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree with you. And that, to me, that's one of the biggest problems. I get the feeling that a lot of people seem to think that it's it's a it's a popular opinion to get behind our tower, to sing that stupid song that you mentioned, right? And without actually, because if you say anything against that, everybody jumps on you. Oh, you're negative. You're negative. You're this. That. No, no. Sorry, we're Arsenal. Right, And Arsenal is not about muddling along trying to finish fifth or trying to finish sixth. That's not Arsenal. That might be the Arsenal that you want. And if that's the Arsenal that you want, then you're welcome to it. I want the Arsenal that I know we're capable of being, which is the Arsenal that we've been in the past. And you're right. We we moved from Highbury. And they promised us this, that and the other, didn't they? And yes, it's different people involved now. It's Things have changed. David Dean was still there then. And I believe, actually, that at that time, they actually wanted and they believed that we would go on and be even more successful by the move. I think they believed that. The people at the time, at the club at the time, you know, we still had the Hillwoods were still there. And I think all they all believed that we would go on and have, bigger success by moving to the Emirates. right? I, I believe that that's what they, they actually really believe that, right? Unfortunately, things changed very quickly. A year later, David Dean leaves. Um, you know, Man City suddenly get their money, became even harder to compete. We had to pay off the stadium and suddenly we we're in a situation where it all crashed down really quickly. And Arsene Wenger kept us in that the top four that isn't a trophy, as we know. But at least he managed to keep the money rolling in the Champions League money every year. He kept doing that. Now, maybe as much as I love what Arsene Wenger did and as much as I didn't like all the criticism he got at the end and all the Wenger out and the helicopters and all this kind of stuff flying over the stadium, I didn't agree with any of that, right? It would have been better for the club if he had left maybe six or seven years earlier because if we'd gone through what we're going through now, not even being in Europe, six or seven, eight, ten years ago, we wouldn't be in this mess now because we'd have sorted it out. But we're gonna to have to go through that process now of being like, like you said. I, I maybe look at as a bit more like an Everton than a West Ham because Everton used to be a successful club and now they've gone, they've been run to 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 the ground, and that's similar. I see us being following a similar path if we're not careful, and maybe this might kickstart things if if we spend another three or four years struggling away, not being in Europe sometimes, as we haven't been now, if, if we're not in Europe again after next season, then the club are going to have to start rethinking what they're doing. And they're going to have to then start, maybe, you know, if they're talking about a rebuild. A rebuild isn't bringing a lot of kids in. A rebuild is actually rebuilding it so it's stronger and better. And it's going to take us forward. And that's, maybe we need to reach the bottom if you like before we can come up again and maybe we've just been ticking along for too long haven't we we've been ticking along for 10 years or more haven't we just ticking along top four champions league money lovely job and that's it and not showing any ambition to compete I think Arsene Wenger was actually quite frustrated at the him because we wasn't far off being able to compete was we a few years ago you know um We had it. We had it when we had Van Persie in the team, players like Fabregas. We had some good players and a couple more decent additions. We could have challenged, we could have won the league league title at that time. I think we could have done, but the club didn't show that ambition, did they? We didn't make that investment, we were playing off the ground, maybe. And by the time we had a bit more money, when the Meza Erzl thing came around, Alexis Sanchez, when we actually spent some money on players, it was too late and it wasn't enough. You know, when we bought Özil, what we should have done was the year after we bought Sanchez. But then we should have been buying three or four other players of that quality. Then we could have really pushed on, but we didn't. And we can't do it now because we're too far behind. We we need those sort of we need three or four of those players every window for the next three or four windows to get anywhere near Man City and Liverpool. Is that going to happen? As, as things stand at this club, no. Is it going to happen while everybody's saying Arteta is this fantastic manager when he's done nothing? He's proved nothing in his career as a manager. He's 40 years old. He's been a manager of us for three years, right? 37 he was when he took over at Arsenal. He's a kid in the job. Never been a manager before. And we're suddenly expecting him to be able to compete with Klopp, to be able to compete with Pep, to be able to compete with Conte, to be able to compete with, with Tuchel. Do you know what I mean? Now, um Ten Hag's come into the Premier League. You know, we've got no ch- he's got no chance of competing with him, no matter how much money they give him, because he's not good enough. He's not a good yeah. enough manager yeah. yet. He may be in 10 years' time, and in 10 years' time, we can come back and take us and win us the league. But he's not going to do anything until then, because he's not good enough. Even David Moyes is a better manager than him. Eddie Howe is a better manager than him. You know, there's so many managers in the Premier League that are better than Arteta. And people say, oh, we finished fifth. He must be the fifth best manager. Well, no, that's not really the case, is it? Let's be honest. (laughs) He's not the fifth best manager. He's the eighth best manager the two seasons before. He hasn't suddenly become the fifth best manager, has he, in one season. he still lost 13 games, let's remember. We lost 13 games this season in the Premier League. 13. One third of our games. We lost 13 games last season. Is that an improvement? I'm sorry, it's not. We turned a couple of draws into wins. That's all we've done. We've scored... Pretty much the same number of goals, conceded a lot more. despite buying all those defenders and a new goalkeeper. We conceded nine more goals. But what, what, what progress? I just don't see it. There I don't know. There, there is none.
3: I, I'm sick listening to about uh, progress. There is none. I was, I was here, I went to the, pub, the locker pub to watch the Newcastle game with a few arson mates of mine. And they're delusional. And they caused me negative. And at the end of yeah. the game, they're saying, oh, sure, there's progression. It's the first of progression. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually getting beaten at the same amount of games. We've conceded more goals this season than we did uh, yeah. last season. And that was with David Louise and Bellerin and all them fellas. And this is all under Arteta's defense. Mm. It's an interesting point. Um, I actually know a fellow over there at the club there, and he was able to tell me that certain players have said that they're actually confused about Arteta's direction. Now, I found it interesting when I was told that because if you see Arteta on the touchline, his hands are going all over the place, like he's directing <laughs> yeah, the airplanes yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Thomas Party actually ran over one game and he was like to Arteta. What are you trying to tell me? He was actually confused. You could see it in his face. He was confused. That's not a good manager. Good managers communication clear, crystal, concise. You know what you're doing. I don't see that. I don't see that the club. I don't know what it is, but the fan base needs to wake up and hopefully, hopefully, this season will show the world that our te- what our tet- really is and he get the sack because it's not going to happen.
0: I, 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 no, it's not going to happen. I don't think it'll happen even if we we finish eighth next season or 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 worse.
3: I agree because
0: did, he didn't get sacked when we finished eighth last season and he's not yeah. going to get sacked when we finished eighth again next season, is he? No. I mean, and unless we were maybe struggling. In the bottom five or six in the second half of the season, there might be pressure then. But even then, he looks like he's got one of the safest jobs in the Premier League. It's almost yeah. like he doesn't need to be successful because he he hasn't been successful. Particularly, t- yes, he won the FA Cup. We'll, we'll, you know, he need, deserves credit for that. Aubameyang basically won him that, didn't he? You know, those semi final and final yeah. with the goals yeah, in. But I, I've said, one did win us an FA Cup, which is more than some managers have won in in the last few years, which which is fine. But. What you've got to do, what you had to do was build on that success. He didn't. He got rid of every single player that played. How many players who played in that Cup Final in 2020 are still at the club now?
3: Exactly. Maybe three or four. Three or two.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, Saka didn't even play in that Cup Final. He was oh. an unused substitute on the bench. ESR didn't play because I think he might have been injured, but he wouldn't have played anyway, I don't think, in that Cup Final. Um I mean, the same Martinez was in goal, wasn't he? And he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> they so, did, did Socrates play, didn't he? Because someone was so, injured, yeah. he play, didn't yeah. he? he's gone. Obviously, a Bamiang scored the two goals, he's yeah. gone. Bellerin right. played, he's gone. Tierney, Ch- right. maybe you know, he, he's still there. I think Tierney played, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Um, he'd yeah. be one of the only ones. He'd be one of the only who was in midfield that day. Oh, Zacha probably played actually. So yeah, because he plays in every
3: game, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah I think he
3: never gets injured.
0: No, he doesn't hardly ever know. He, he doesn't. 250 games he's played, does not he? So we know he what, has Yeah, injury. yeah,
3: yeah. What's your opinion about Shakir, mate? I'd like to get your opinion. I don't mind him. Minding, I, I think
0: that we've, since he's been at the club, um, we've gone from being regular Champions League to not. Now, that's not down to him. That's down to the – not just down to him. It's down to the team around him. And you can see that he's – with these young players, I think he's been really important because I think he's a natural leader. And you can see that on the pitch. Is he is he a fantastic football player? No, he's not. Can he do a job? Yes, he can. Is he the player to take us forward to the next level to challenge for the league? No, he's not. That's obvious. But with what we've got, he's an important player. But he shouldn't be an important player because we should have better players to become that important player. He's become really important to this team because of the lack of quality and experience around him. Yeah. And that's got worse and worse the longer he's been at the club because all the experience has been ripped away. Yeah. So now he's he's massively important. He has to start every game. He should be captain, quite honestly, because he's the only player that we've got that's that's an experienced player, isn't he? All the rest of them in that team, they're all kids. You know, he put Martin Erdegaard as captain, 22 years old. Yes, Tony Adams was captain at 21, but Tony Adams was Tony Adams. He was a leader of men. Martin Odegaard is is a nice footballer, but is he a leader of men? No, he's not. Is he a captain for Arsenal? No, he's not. Not at this point in time. Nobody, None of them are, except possibly Zeca. So he's important to this team. But obviously, along with a lot of the other players that we've mentioned, if we want to compete, for titles, if we want to be taken seriously, we need upgrades on so many players in this team. And Jacques, unfortunately, as much as I like really Jack, I think, he, you know, at least he shows passion, doesn't he? The interview he gave after Newcastle, fair play to him, loved it. You know, if more players felt like that, we wouldn't capitulate in the way that we did. You know, but that is a lack of experience. And that's, a, you know, that's down to the direction that the club want to go in. And, but yeah, we need better players. Uh, Definitely Then Granite Jacko, we need better players than Rob Holding, we need better players than El Nenny, we need better players than Enketia, who we've just offered new contracts to. I mean, you know, if, if we're if we're offering contracts to Arteta, we're offering contracts to El Nenny and we're offering contracts to Enketia, that to me is the epitome of what's wrong with this club, accepting that averageness of players and manager that, that, that no one's going to take us no one cares about Arsenal you know, Man City aren't worried about us Liverpool aren't worried about us Chelsea aren't worried about us even Tottenham you said it you said it yourself Tottenham aren't worried about us anymore because we, this is what we're, we're building our, our team around Arteta, our, our Elneny and Nketiah not looking at getting better not looking at improving just keeping them here. Oh, well, and then he's had about five good games. We'll offer him a new contract. And has scored a few goals. We'll offer him a new contract. Arteta's done a slightly better than last season. He took us back to where we started from, but he's done slightly better than last season. We'll offer him a new contract. We'll get rid of Aubameyang, despite the fact he won a golden boot two years ago, won at the FA Cup with his goals. We'll get rid of him because Arteta doesn't really like him. You know what I mean? Chris. This is where we are. This is where we are. And people, and people are like, people are like, oh, no, he's brilliant. Oh, this is brilliant. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Why are you loving it? Because the fans sing a few songs in the ground and it's a little bit more fun to go to the games. I don't care about that. Yes, it's nice at the time, but it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make us a better team. It doesn't make us compete against Man City. It doesn't make us not lose 13 games in a season because the fans are singing songs in the ground doesn't mean anything, really. It just means going to the games is slightly slightly better than it was two or three years ago when we were exactly the same on the pitch. But it was a little bit worse atmosphere in the ground. That's all that's happened. We've not improved. We're yeah. not better. It's just a better experience of going to the games. But that doesn't mean anything, does it? it? doesn't make you a good team. It doesn't make you compete. It doesn't win your trophies. It's just it's just all a load of nonsense, really. And unfortunately, that's the only positive that has been this season, really, is the atmosphere in the ground. That's it. <laughs> And what does that mean? What's that going to get us? Nowhere. Gay okay, Latin. Do you know
3: what I mean? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was your what's your
2: video buddy. On who Jack Shaka.
3: Yeah, Shaka, Yeah, yeah. And, I think yeah. I'm pretty much in the same vein
2: as what Richard was saying. I mean, I I you know when he had his sissy fit and he did what he did, throwing the armband on the floor and. Chucking his shirt out, I wanted him out of the club. I was so livid. Um, I was, <laughs> I was really livid, and I thought, how that guy can never ever play in an Arsenal shirt again after that behaviour. Let just putting the, aside his performances as a player, just that behaviour for for me. And he was cap, was any captain? Yeah, he was captain, wasn't he? So yeah. end of the day, you just think, no, you, you you can't be part of this club. That's that's not not you're not representing at all. You know, I, I'm I'm old school. I look at the likes of Tony Adams, and for me, he's still. He's still up there probably one of my top three favourite all-time players at the club because he meant so, it wasn't just about him being, being a player, it, it was his whole attitude as a footballing captain and how he mm. used to command, and, command his troops and command his players and we've never ever been able to replace neither him or, or Vieira, ever. We have never had that replacement um, and no one really has come in and been able to fit into that criteria and that's what we're seriously lacking. You know forget you know i've mentioned the board which needs to be changed though know, we, we can talk about arteta all day we can talk about this and that but we have never had any true leadership on the pitch um so jack for me but I, I i have to give him a bit of credit carl because i think you know for a player to have gone right down that deep end and then to come out I think what Rich is saying—he's probably the best of a bad bunch in terms of consistency that we've got in the midfield. I mean, if he if he wasn't there, you know, I have seen games where he's not featured, and we've actually done worse, been even even worse than we have been. So I, I think he has he has kind of been a little bit of that cement and that glue that we needed in the midfield. And, and as we mentioned earlier, I think before you came on, when Party was fit and playing well, I think he was teaming up very well with Jacker. To be fair. And we were commanding the midfield in those games. And and I think we were doing a lot better. But then also because we had a fully fit back four, which was consistent at the time, before we lost Tierney and Tomiyasu, that was also helping them. So it, also, it was working like a proper machine at that time. And we were having those good results. But that's the problem. This is the this is a, ne- a negative of the season, of, of the 21-22 season. The fact that we did not reinforce or do anything in January Has cost us big as well because Rich said it. He said there's no point having 11 players and then one when three or four go out. That's the end. You know you've got to bring in replacements that can do just as good. Like what you said, you can't. You know we need to have like for like, and we didn't. We missed the trick in January, and I think that's a negative. Can I can I just turn have a? I know it's been really bad over the last few minutes. Can I just say one slight positive, which maybe you won't, will or will not agree with. I know. I think. Odegaard. No matter what people say, I think he has been one of the players. When he's when he's firing and doing well, he is a sublime player, and he can be the link for creativity, link the, the back to the front. Something that we were seriously missing at one point. Ever since we lost Car- uh, Santi Carzola, we never had that real creative player. And I think when he's when he's on form. He's he's sublime for me, and I think I just from a positive point of view. All I want to say is, I think to get him for twenty nine million, I think in for these for this day and age, that price is is a bargain. I really do. And if he and if and if he can be play and he can come back, when, when I saw when, when he plays coming into the going bit bit, bit bit back into the back of the park and retrieving the ball and doing all of that leg work, I think he's great. But then where he's where he's been bad is the games we've truly needed him. He's just gone missing. And I don't know whether that's because of the way the player's been set up, whether it's his fault or not. It's those games where we truly need him. And if he can overcome that part and, and repair that, maybe that frailty in his game, I think he would be a tremendous player going forward. Honestly, I really do believe that. You, you may not agree, but I, I, I can see good things in Odegaard from that perspective. Mm. Um, you, see on, you see, when, when, when it didn't really matter, and we, we played a lot freer against Everton the last game of the season, you know, he was featuring a lot more again. He was back to his Odegaard good self. The games we needed him, Newcastle and Tottenham, he disappeared. So that, that, that's the problem. You've got to be it's a mentality issue, isn't it? It's up. a mentality issue. Yeah, it, it, is. it is a mentality issue. It is a it mentality issue. Which through the issue. whole club.
0: It's through the whole club, isn't it? It's just it, that,
2: it's the, that it's loser toxic. mentality, I call it. It's a poison. It's a poison. And I'm going to say it again. For me, that is coming from the board. Because they yeah. have no ambition. If you have no ambition as a board and you just want to run the club as a business, you have got no hope in hell. We're not no. going to see the arsenal of the glory days. You know, and I, I can't see this blooming owner going anywhere. That is my fear. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter who, who how much money is given, how, what players he brings in. If the board are satisfied with just tipping over and being a cash cow investment for themselves, we are never going to progress for me. And that's, you know, you can't just keep blaming the players and the manager and stuff. The board have got to be doing something. Whether they become, I don't know, passive owners and they bring in a refresh, the whole board, all full of football men and then allow them to make the intrinsic decisions. If they don't want to give up ownership of the club, that is, because I can't see it happening. Um, Do that then. Do that. And let that don't. I don't want Josh Kroenke coming up and talking his shit twice a season saying we're going to be doing x y and z i want be to see excited. a proper footballing man there i want to see a proper footballing man there and saying right this is what we're doing and you know start investing properly in decent players that will make differences on the pitch and that will completely change the mentality going forward and that that's how i see well, yeah. it but uh, well, you
3: about. see you see for me for me um for me it's like there's a cancer in the club from the ownership the whole way down to the tea lady yeah, and there's one thing seriously lacking in Arsenal Football Club for years and years, and I call it the winning mentality. There is no winning mentality. No. It's a it's it's a joke in every sport, professional sport, not even professional. For even for me, if I'm playing a five-a-side game, I want to. Be win the game tonight? Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: These lads are professionals, millionaires fighting for the best honors in world football, and they haven't got the winning mentality. Now you talk about Odegaard, to me Odegaard is the same, no winning mentality, he can be brilliant like the other day against everything, but when it really matters, he's missing, and what really gets to me is, he's missing, we're in the captain band, now, the thing about Odegaard for me, there's so much side passing and back passing for a creative player for me, now, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's because no. he doesn't have a proper striker to play off him. That's because let's face facts, that's, like I said, Nelly and Kitty are like two statues. Do you know what I mean? So I think if, if there was a JSU or a caliber of a player like him, and that's say out that Lewis is a great player and he's a good player, he'd be better than what we have. But I think Odegaard mm-hmm. would actually become a better player if he had yeah. someone that could do the run-off. You know what I mean? Run off the shoulder. He'd be able to pass good passes and stuff like that. So, the jury, for me, the jury is still out on Odegaard. But I will give him this season. And it depends, again, on who Arteta is going to bring into the club. Because as far as I'm concerned, I think Eddie Yankitya could be the front-runner for Arsenal, lads. For this uh, I'm
2: worried about that. I'm worried, I, about, I,
3: that.
0: worried about that. I'm I really am now. Concerned. What I've been seeing today, yeah. I'm really worried that that's going to be that's going to be the issue. I'm really, I'm really. Wor- I mean, case, I, I like I like it. this comment here from from Loki. He says the last time I was less hopeful, we had Ray Hanking up front and George Wood in goal. Yeah, I mean, I can remember those days, and yeah, that was you know i I was i was young then so i didn't really care because i hadn't experienced too much at arsenal i hadn't seen us win loads of traces with anything so it didn't really matter too much we were muddling along mid-table no one cared but now it's different isn't it because we know what arsenal are capable of doing and yeah my worry now is you're right about about eddie i think after the news today that i'm worried that are we gonna i mean we're we not going to buy another striker. Is this it now? Or are we going to buy a striker as well and get rid of Lacazette? So we'll have a new striker and Eddie as our two strikers, which to me will be almost in exactly the same position.
3: Yes. We, can, we need Uson two new strikers.
2: We
0: need two I we new need good
3: strikers. Right? I just want to just interrupt you there for a minute. I don't know if you've seen this. I just got it. I was, in the, I was working there, I just finished up work there, and I just threw you guys on there for, and I said I joined the party. But before I did, I just saw a headline breaking news that we're on about getting uh, Tammy Abraham from Roma for $67 million. Did you see that news?
0: No, <laughs> I haven't seen that news, no. A few months
3: ago out there, I heard about it there. Now, it could be, uh, you know, we're linked to everyone. Like we are, We're always linked. <laughs> i so, yeah, um,
0: talking about it. Abraham.
3: I don't want to spend $67 on that way, Nowhere.
0: No. It, it, see, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because which, what top top quality striker? He's going to want to come to Arsenal as things stand at the moment. This is a question of didn't want to come, did he? You know, and he, he and even he's not an elite elite striker, is he? He's, he's a decent striker, but he's not a top elite striker and he didn't want to come. You know, and maybe Abraham is the best that we can attract. And if it is, then that's a big problem, isn't it? I mean, Abraham would probably score us goals, Tammy Abraham. He, he, he scored goals at Chelsea before he, he left, didn't he? You know, under Frank Lampard, he got quite a few goals. He'd probably score goals for us. But if our, if our strikers next season, are Eddie Nketiah and Tammy Abraham, then I mean come on <laughs> what are trouble. we doing <laughs> yeah we are in trouble we are in trouble yes, yeah no, I mean but 67 million as well I mean that's you know I'd buy Tammy Abraham if he was 30 million maybe yeah but the other
3: and thing buy is though, Richard, as well. well like Richard at the end of the day we're talking about those, uh, buying yeah. JSOs and I think there's something like 45 million being thrown around there as a price yeah. tag this man has one year left on his contract and we're spending 45 million on him with a one year contract one year left on his contract. I think that's, I think that's terrible business.
0: Yeah, it is. No, you're right. It, it is. I mean, I mean, I don't know whether or not we can get the price down again. I, I wouldn't pay more than 25 million for him with a year left on his contract. You look at oh, some exactly. of the players that, that we've sold in the last year of their contract. We've yeah. actually given them away. Because free. I mean, they're free. Well, yeah. some of them are gone free. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's some of them we've got peanuts for. Ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. Ridiculous.
2: Yeah, we, we always get the arse end of the deals. It's a joke, you know. Yeah. We we, we yeah. the only two the only two deals which were, which surprised and shocked me were the ones where we got thirty five million ish for both Ox and Iwobi, but then we blew it on Pepe, so it was like a null null effect. <laughs> a null effect. Yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, yeah, you yeah know, We we I don't
2: true. know. We, in terms of you know, in, in one hand that, that's the that's the contradiction about the whole club. On one hand, this the, these owners are supposed to be you know businessmen and they're supposed to know what they're doing and they're you know they're treating the club as a business but they don't know how to bloody well buy and sell players do they They're keep going messing that up so it's like you know what the hell are you guys doing it's just it feels to me that they don't really care about the club at all they're so dis- disconnected with the club as to what it really truly is and what it means they don't care about its heritage they don't care about its history they don't care what it represents to the true fans out there who have been supporting for many years, and even the youngsters that have come in, and they've taken it to their heart, and they love everything about the club, and whatever it is, you know, and they, they just don't seem to give a sh, to, to, to care, you know, to, you know, they just don't care. I, I was going to swear then, I didn't, I stopped myself. Um, but yeah, it's like, and that that's the problem, and I'm going to keep, you know, I know I sound like a broken record, I'm going to stop now, but I, that is in, that is the issue, I and mean, when it's never going to change. Until, until they do something drastic. Yep. And, I, and and as I said, bring in, just change the board, for goodness sake. It's, yep. it's not working. Um, we need to show ambition. We have to have people hungry people that come, will come in with proper hunger and desire to say, this isn't good enough, and I want more. And, yeah, and, okay, even if we don't get a trophy at the end of it, let's at least show fight. Let's show yeah, fight. Exactly. Let's, let's show... Let's just yeah. show fight in every game that and we're Fisher. playing. You, were at, you know, Carl, Carl summed it up. Carl said something that really hit home. It, you know, there's some fans that travel, have to invest a lot of time and money just to come and see a game. And they don't just do it once a season. Some of them are season ticket holders. They do it all the time. And, you know, for them to turn up to games like the one we saw when we played Brighton, that yeah. is a complete travesty and embarrassment. You know, I stood there in the stands that day just with my mouth open thinking, what the hell am I watching? I'm watching a team that is doing nothing against a team that also is doing nothing. But at least then Brighton thought, God, we've got a chance here. We're so shit. But actually, we've got a yeah. chance because Arsenal aren't even doing anything that, you know, are even worse than what we are. And they ended up winning the game. You know, yeah. it's a, it's an absolute joke. Yeah. So in that respect, yeah. I do get angry. And I am. Look, I, Richard knows I'm normally a very positive guy and I, and I don't want to just paint this picture of doom and gloom and whatever you. But there are moments like that where you just think, that's where we just totally lack ambition and any hunger and desire. Yeah. And, but it's good enough for those two idiots to own the club or whoever it is, or Stan or his, and his son, because they don't care. You know, know, at least whatever you want to say about Abramovich, at least he was at all the games. He used to go to every single game. And he was cheering, and he was loving, and he was, and he was enjoying being part of his investment. Leicester's right?
1: owners, look at Leicester's owners, right? right? Look,
2: look at Leicester's owners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look at our owners. How many games do they do they come? And it's only because when they're forced to, because it's good for their bloody PR, that then they'll then they'll turn up. Otherwise, yeah. they don't care. They don't give to. They don't no. care about this club. And no. that is where if we've got owners that don't care, like what Rich said earlier, when we had the Pit Hill Woods and we had the old guard. They actually cared about the club. And I think you're right. I think they truly believe that the move to the bigger stadium, as much as it hurt me because I loved Highbury, I miss it so much. I absolutely love that ground. But I think they truly believe that this is the only way for us to progress now. And I think they probably did believe in that. But then it just all fell apart, as Richard said. And ever since then, we've got this idiot owner in who says, oh, yeah, look at this. Great chance for me. And he knew what he was doing right from day one. And... Mm that's the issue that is the bigger problem and and, and, is. and that's what and, needs to be addressed
0: and, and 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 while and while people are getting behind the process they're just supporting this Owners that don't care and don't want the club to be successful. So you can't have both. You can't say, oh, yeah, I, I support Arteta, I support this process, I support this, I support that, you know, I'm going to go and buy all the kits everything else. And in the next minute, say, well, uh, uh, the owners need to go. Well, I'm sorry, but the owners of uh, This is the owner's plan, not the manager's plan. The manager is. He doesn't really know what he's doing, let's be honest, really. He's not been a manager before. He doesn't really understand. He knows he's got his idea how he wants to play. He sort of has a few ideas of sort of players that he wants. But ultimately, The direction the club is going in isn't Arteta's idea, isn't Arteta's direction, it's the the direction the board want to take the club in because they run it. Arteta doesn't run it. He's He's an employee. That's all he is. He's basically doing what he's told. Yes, he'll, he'll have he'll have some sort of say in the sort of players that we buy. Oh, I want this player or that player. But ultimately, the owners are in control. They control what direction the club goes. It's not Arteta. Arteta is only an employee that's going to end up getting sacked like every other manager does. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's what's going to happen to him. He, he, he's not in control. He, he's, he's got his role that he does and he's, he's got – Certain amount of control over that particular role, but outside that, he's not it's not his process. Nothing to do with Arteta. The the process is the club's process. He's just a part of it that he's been employed to to take that Mm -hmm. part. I quite like this question from Dean in the chat. Actually, would you choose Bruce Rioch over Arteta? I mean, the funny thing is, and and I actually I put this on Twitter yesterday. Right, the season Bruce Rioch was at the club, we finished fifth, we got knocked out the third round of the FA Cup by a Championship team, and we reached a semi-final of the League Cup. Right, and he got sacked. Now we've done exactly the same under Arteta, and Arteta's been given a new contract. Right, different owners at the club, different, different process. Right, Riot was terrible manager. Arteta's a terrible manager. A terrible manager. I think, I, can I
2: just say something rich to that, though? I think I think that there was a different planning motion. I think literally Bruce Rick was there for a stopgap. They already had Wenger in in the yeah, in they couldn't uh, get in the year before, and yeah, they could. And I think because he because Wenger was very a stalwart about honouring his contracts. He stayed mm. with Grampus until his contract finished. So I think there's a slight... I know what you're saying. and I think it's quite, it's quite funny, actually. But I think the difference between that situation and Arteta's season just now is we already had a new manager ready to come and join the club. And I think that's yeah, the Yeah, but had,
0: Yeah, but had Bruce Rioch if, if he'd maybe finished second, if he'd took us into a title challenge and if he'd got us into the Champions League as opposed to UEFA Cup, which he got us into, would they still have sacked him? After that season, I don't, I don't know if he won the league. Cup we got to the semi final that year, we lost on the, the goals. The,
1: the,
3: problem, have... the, the problem, though, Richard, was with Bruce Riock. There were two things, well, two things Bruce Riock is a better manager than Hard Teddy because he actually bought Dennis Borkamp to the club. So, how can we forget that? <laughs> yeah. But no, okay. uh, the problem with Riock Reeach was Riock's relationship with the board and especially with David Dean was not good, no, yeah, it was uh, collapsing yeah. even before. And David Dean, mm. he wanted Wenger. He he wanted yes. him, and that was it. So if you remember back, it was a week before the ninety-six-97 season kicked off. Riock was sacked one week mm. before kickoff. Mm. And Stuart Houston stepped in. And then Stuart Houston wanted the job to be full full-time Arsenal manager. And then when he yeah. was told that's not happening, yeah, he went down to QPR. We and then uh, Pat Rice took over on yeah. to Wenger Cam. Wenger came in the September of 96. Hmm. But Reoc, the only thing that reacted did was get his fifth place. He got his Dennis Barkham.
0: Yeah, well I mean David Dean organised that transfer, didn't he? I think he was already
3: there. Was it
2: George? It was Stuart Houston. I'm getting confused. Was
0: yeah, it Stuart, Hust- Houston, Stuart yeah. Houston.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuart Houston. He was used was... to whistle, didn't he? Stuart used to whistle, couldn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Stuart That's Houston it. took when George Graham got sacked halfway through that he season, to Houston, Houston, Houston yeah. took over, didn't he? Got us to the yeah. final in yeah. Europe. And yeah. then obviously Bruce yeah. Riot came in and he was like he was second to Bruce Riot, wasn't he, for that yeah. season. And then yeah. he took yeah. over briefly. And then I think he went to QPR. And, and worked with yeah. Bruce Rioch again, didn't he? After they left Arsenal. Um,
2: was Pat Rice did he managed us for three games and he's got a 100% record? He's been he did, the only Arsenal yeah, yeah. manager in history. He's,
0: he's got, got the best record. record. He's got Go the on, best win ratio of Arsenal manager ever, Pat Rice. yeah, He yeah. did He did brilliant, didn't he? Good man. Um, Good man. But, But yeah, I mean... The, I, I mean, Arsene Wenger was always the plan after George Graham because that's what David Dean wanted. Yeah, David yeah. Dean knew Arsene Wenger, didn't he? Before he wanted to, he wanted him to take over from George Graham instead of Bruce Rio. But obviously, like you said, Wenger wanted to stick to his contract, so he didn't. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a, a strange one because that season was mirrored this season almost identically. Really, in, in terms of how the season panned out. Yes, I thought under Bruce Riot we were a lot more solid defensively. Of course, we did have some great players as well. Let's not forget, we still had Ian Wright was still there. Then obviously, Dennis Bergkamp, as we said, you know, we, we still had the back four, the famous back four. So, Bruce Riot came in with um, probably a better starting point in terms of the players yeah. that he had. But he was never, you're right, he was only a stopgap. Um, yeah. But he, he did exactly the same job that Arteta's just done. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. the same job. Spending less, probably spending less money overall as well, because I mean, the only two signings we made, yeah, good sign, is David Platt and Dennis Bergkamp. This summer, we we bought what six players, and yeah. we still fit and we still got knocked out of all the cups. So yeah. you know, uh, yeah. it, it,
1: Richard,
0: just,
3: listen, just, my phone, i I'm on the phone here, and it's, it's going to go dead. There any minute, I'm afraid it's going to go dead on me. So listen. I just want to say thank you very much for having me on your show. And, Eid, pleasure talking to two of you. You too, Carl. And it's I so hope you're to get to see and talk to two of you again some stage.
2: Definitely,
0: mate. Definitely.
3: Yeah. Okay? Take it easy, man. Thanks so much, lads. All Cheers. Take it easy. Take care, mate.
2: Richard, I'm probably going to have to shoot. I was only going to be a few minutes. No. I know you've been here an hour, haven't you? You're only going to come in for. <laughs> so, um... no, thank you, thank you as always. I, I, I it's, God, it's, I didn't realize it's going to be this negative. But you know, facts are facts, and it's got to be addressed, I guess. And at the end of the day, we, yeah. only, we, only, we, are we're only like this because we care. We, 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 we actually exactly. want club. We, we don't, we don't exactly. want to actually. We don't want to be negative about anyone. If we, we would actually want to be positive about every single player, every single person that's got a connection with the club and, and just want the club to do well. But end of the day, it is what it is. And I, I, I will still say, although now I've had time to reflect, you know, I've managed to kind of get over losing to Spurs and then losing that top four race and only ended up fifth. I've kind of kind of recollected and, and just reflected on everything and kind of that we have to accept it, don't we, in the day? We've got no choice. Um, but it still is a bit of disappointment, you know, especially when we had it in our hands. So I think I think we've just got to, we've got to, we've, we can't, we've got no choice, Richard. Arteta is here now. We can't do anything about it, whether we are an Arteta in or Arteta out or sitting on the fence. It's, he's it's, he's to here.
0: To be honest, Neil, and, to be honest, the, the problems are much bigger than Arteta. And as yeah. much as I don't think Arteta's a particularly decent manager, or certainly not as good a manager what we need, it, it, the problems are bigger than him. And it's irrelevant almost whether he's manager or not. True. Yeah, the problems sure. are going to remain unless unless the club have a complete, the owners have a complete rethink and say, right, well, we want to make this club become You're successful. Unless they do that, it doesn't matter who the manager is. It, it could they're be anybody. To, they're, not you know they're not going to succeed. You know
2: why they're not going to do it? Because they would have done it already. You'd they imagine so, yeah, I
0: agree yeah 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 you're right you know, you know living- I'm
2: sorry I mean, it, it, it's how many years have they been there now they would have already made inroads to the old movement and we and and when i say they would have already started making movements for that or to achieve that we would have seen something but we haven't mm. seen anything it's just the same old as as, as a, whether it's your Carl said earlier it's just like being on a roundabout or, or on a merry-go-round and all we're doing is just going in circles all the time and it's and yeah we might pick up the odd fa cup here and there but we want as, as, as nice as that is, God, it's so nice to have the record number of FA Cups. I tell you, it's brilliant. But we want to, we just want to be show that bit more consistency in the 38 games per season that we play in the, play in the league. We just want to have that consistency yeah. in that fight. And that's all. When again, you know, there might be some people listening to this saying, Oh, we're trophy hunters. We're not. And I, you know, it's not about always winning, it's just about seeing us play. So, for example, the Tottenham game, just as an example, if say we still lost it, but we've lost it with absolute vigour and fight, and we did everything we can, and every player knew that that was a cup final game, and they literally kill themselves to try and win it to get the three points or even a draw because a draw would have would have taken a draw for that for that game on mm. with hindsight now. You know, then we can at least we can say, well, all right, okay. There's no point sitting there slagging the team off because actually they gave it their all, and it might be a bad decision that cost us the game, which we have no control over. And, and don't don't let's not forget we have had the fair, our fair share of bad decisions as well. Um, hmm. um And you know, that's all we want to see. We want to see the fans, like Carl said. You know, I get have to get up every morning, six days a week, and go in and do a job. You know, just, that's all we want to see. We just want to see them earn their keep, and. And that is the part which really baffles me when sometimes they, they approach a game and it's just with absolute, I don't know, there's no, there's nothing there. There's nothing to that you can look back on in that game and say, wow, because you just look back on it and think, what a pile of rubbish. I've never seen anything. Like a non-starter, no get up and go, absolutely no intensity, nothing happening, no creativity, no chances created. How many yeah. times have we seen it this season where, we had literally hardly any shots on target how can, how can how can arsenal football club play a game and they have hardly any shots on target or you know it's it's unthinkable it's unthinkable you know that, that just shows again it comes down to ambition doesn't it even in even if you isolate it per game but by game I mean,
0: you know i mean we we we've, we've seen many many different arsenal teams right over the years right many different players managers, whatever it is, right? Different styles of play, everything else, right? Now, for me, I was at that Newcastle game last week, and I have never, ever in my entire life seen a a performance that bad from any Arsenal team, ever. Never. I've never seen one that bad because none of it made any sense. There was no tactics. There was no fight. There was no heart. There was no desire. And, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't mind seeing us lose games if we've – tried and we've given everything and thrown everything at it. And yeah. you can lose games. Liverpool lose games. Man City lose games. Right? People lose games. That's fine. It's how you lose games. And the way we lost to Tottenham and into the way we I say that Newcastle game for me in what 45 years of everyone watching Arsenal. That's the worst performance I've ever seen from an Arsenal team ever in my entire life. Right. And we've had worse teams than we've got now. We've had better teams obviously we've had worse teams. We've probably had worse managers, Bruce Rio as somebody mentioned um you know um and we've never played as badly as that. In a game that was so important as well, that's the worst yeah. thing about oh, That's you know, the worst thing
2: about it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, people could tell we we played terribly against Man City this season, we lost 5-0, or we played terribly against Brentford, and we lost... Yeah, but those games were at the start of the season. At the end of the season, when it matters, it's, not, it's inexcusable to play like that. You know, you can lose a game, fine, but don't... I mean, the last couple of weeks, what's really frustrated me is... And I you know, you saw Everton, right? 2-0 down against Crystal Palace at home, right? Yes, there was at home, the crowd were out always and the other. But this, this Arsenal team wouldn't have done that. We wouldn't have come back yeah. and won that game. Absolutely no chance, would we, right? With this yeah. team, with this manager, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have done that. And I don't even rate Frank Lampard as a good manager, particularly. No. But what he, no. what he does do is and what he has done is he's got Everton playing for him. Is absolutely no doubt about it they've come back a few times in games under him actually we never come back when we're losing we never do we never show any fight what what Everton did in that second half right and Everton have finished sixteenth in the league they haven't got better players than us they're not a better team than us but yet they've shown that fight and they've done that more than once and that actually I was quite that actually really annoyed me watching and thinking this is Everton right they've got more fight in them than we've had all they had more fight in forty five minutes than we've shown all season. We rolled over well, and died against Newcastle. Why oh. can't we? At least, even if we'd lost, I don't mind. I say losing to Newcastle the way they've been playing is no, it's not a great result, but you can understand it. But not playing like that, throw everything exactly. at it, bombard exactly. their goal. You just don't score. You, you go close, you, you have chances. This and the other. And you know we've we've never done that. We haven't done that no. under this manager. Not once.
2: Not once have we yeah, done that. Yeah, I, I don't. think he's got. He hasn't. I, I can't. He hasn't got it in him. How I don't think we've got, we can't even count five games where we've been behind and won the game with Arteta. I don't no. think so. Anyway, I might be wrong. I'm not I think five but is what
0: it, I think actually five is what it is. I think it was, is no. Is that what it I is? Think it was four. I think it was three the previous season and one this season. That's um, because ridiculous. That is ridiculous, yeah. In in two Richard, whole seasons. Do
2: you remember, do you remember when we were at our, 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 probably our best and we would have, we used to get so many red cards and we'd have a, we'd get down, we'd get down, down to mm. 10 men. We would win games with 10 men. And sometimes just on coming heart. From behind. Just yeah. on heart.
0: We won it on heart. That's what we won it
2: on. And, and, and you know, I, I could could we do that now? Um, all right. OK, we did it once with uh, when we drew against Chelsea. When Martin, he ran run up the whole, literally down the whole pitch. The wall, to score. This season, we
0: um, won one nil at Wolves when we were down at 10. Yeah, men, but we were already one nil right. up. We were just hanging that's on to a league rather than having yeah, to but, win. Yeah, but face.
2: I'm talking about yeah. coming from behind, you see. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, and it's just like our hedge drop as soon as as soon as we, uh, Tottenham got that penalty in that game, that was it. We were finished. You know, yeah. you know. If you look at, back at the older North London derbies, we fought, we fought, even when we went behind. I think that one of the five twos, we were two 0 down, weren't we? One of the five two wins, yeah, that we, had nil down we were, we were two 0 down, and, yeah, and we we, we come back like, and run that five two. You know, we have always shown that bit of spirit and gall and grit to come back. And it's mm. just not, it doesn't seem to be happening with, with this team. And that's, see, that's, he's got to address that. I think he's got to address his own way of managing on the pitch. As Carl was saying, you know, he's flaying his arms like a, you know, an, an air traffic controller or something all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, you know, he's got to let the players have a little belief in themselves and allow them that creativity and to just 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 let them do what they need to do. Like, you know, having that example of party being confused and coming up to him saying, I don't know what you're asking me to do. Let Partey mm. go on and do his thing. He's not a bad player. I, I don't care what anyone says. You know, yes, he's he's obviously struggling with injuries now, but he's not a bad yeah. player. When he's on top form, he's brilliant. And to be honest, just let them have that creative. But, I, I you know, the way Arteta, I think Arteta is a bit of a control freak. And that is why he's not got on with some of the players, like, for example, the Bamian, which he's got rid of. Mm. And I think that's another issue. If he can address all these issues, because now we are we are stuck with him, as I said, it doesn't matter where you sit on the Arteta situation. We are stuck with him. We've got to deal with that. And if he can just tweak some of his management styles, it could help. But being the way he is, I can't see it happening. See, I'm being so negative at this point. I I feel bad. But I just, you know, it's the way I feel um, at the moment.
0: um, Sean in the chat has got an interview. He says, uh, are you going to compliment the manager for anything? (laughs) Well, we're finding it. I think you probably gather we're finding it difficult. So, Sean, if you can give us something that he should be complimented on, then please drop it in the chat, and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, because at this moment, I'm struggling to think of anything that I think he's done well since he's been here. He won the FA Cup. Okay, fair enough, but that was two years ago. Since then, he's taken us backwards in two years. He got us out of Europe. Yes, he's got us back into Europe again, but he's the one who took us out of Europe in the first place. So, please help us out. Please tell me something that you think he should be. Um, Complimented on, because I'm really, really struggling. I know Neil's really struggling, and Kyle definitely was struggling <laughs> to, to to find anything to compliment. i make on, and you know, I would love to be able to throw loads of compliments at him because if we are, that means he's doing a great job, and then we're all happy because it means we're we're we're, we're doing well as a club. We're progressing. We're, we're going to be, you know, going forward. Um, um, Loki says there we went one nil down twenty times one one. Yeah, exactly. Wow. This is what. We- that was wow. that was the Wolves game, wasn't it? When um, oh you know, when when uh, we got that late comeback um, to, to win that game, um, and as Terry says there, like Loki said, he's got a, a good head of hair. Well, he <laughs> has a good head of hair, actually. did Loki might mention that in the, in the comments? He? I must have missed that one. Um, yeah, he did, but, he, uh, did, he did. He did. Yeah, he did. But yeah, I mean, he, he has got nice hair actually. Um, Sean says there, uh, COVID parties plus injuries. <laughs> well, I mean. I don't know. I am I am finding it, as time's going on and on, I'm finding it more and more difficult to warm to Arteta. I don't like his on-pitch demeanour at the side of the pitch, as, as Kyle mentioned before. He doesn't let the players play. Um, and I don't know, to me, if you've prepared your team right in the week, you don't. You shouldn't need to be um, constantly telling them what to do in the 90 minutes of a game because they, they should already know because you've just spent a week working on it with them. So, you know, do you, do you not trust them to carry out your instructions? I mean, Xhaka almost alluded to that, didn't he, after the Newcastle game, saying, oh, we didn't carry out the, the coach's instructions. Well, could it be the instructions are too complicated? Don't forget, these are footballers. They're not generally the brightest people in the world. No disrespect to most footballers, but most of them aren't, are they? Because a lot of them didn't have proper education. They dropped out, went out of school straight into playing football, didn't they? And, you know, they're not the, the most brightest people. So maybe they don't understand and maybe that's why they're not coming out. Or is he just overcomplicating and overcomplicating it and overcomplicating it, which to me seems more likely the way he's running around like this all the time? You know, it's quite simple, isn't it? When we've got the ball, we do this. When we don't have the ball, we do that, right? And when we've got a set piece, we'll do this. And when we're defending a set piece, we do that. I mean, it's basic stuff, isn't it? You know, if anybody's played football on a Sunday morning, this is what you do you don't overcomplicate it because everybody knows how to play football when you get the ball the idea is to pass to one of your teammates ideally and try to get the ball up the other end of the pitch and score a goal right because that's how you that's that's what football's about and yes oh you you can do this you can do that other, right yes fine have your tactics work all that out brilliant but the players should know before they go onto the pitch when we have the ball this is what we do this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to play it this way when we don't have the ball we all drop in but it seems like when we've got the ball he's screaming at him what, what to what they're doing, when we don't have the ball, he's screaming at them again. Well, you, you've told them. You've, you've spent the last two years, I mean, with some of these players... You, you leave spent that on the training him. pitch.
2: You leave all of that on the training yeah. pitch. Yeah, I'm look, sure. I, I look I'll, I'll be honest with you. It's, it's he's like He's like an extreme of Wenger. I mean, Wenger would be very, completely different. He would just sit down and just let his players get on with it. And, you know, we've heard, whether it's true or not, from some of the ex-players that, you know, he was quite quiet in the evening at half-time in the dressing room. It's very rarely that hmm. exploded or anything. And he just... He, 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 that was his style, and which is fine. But I and I'll be honest with you, Richard. I don't mind the animated person that Arteta is. I quite like a little bit of engagement because it shows that you actually give a give gives care care for what you're trying to achieve. But as long as you're trying to achieve it in the right way, you see. So I think I think we've gone from one extreme to the other. We need a bit of balance. We need a bit of calmness within him as well, and think right. Let the players do what they need to do because I've told them, we they've had their instructions, we've let, we've done our homework on this particular uh, opponent uh, before the game, right now it's up to them to go and do what we've been doing on the training pitch leading up to this particular game. And when he's needed to maybe come in and maybe shout some instructions out, fair enough. But that's again going back to pitch leadership, which we do not have. It comes down to having a captain on the pitch, which yeah, is yeah. going to kind of echo his instructions and also maybe fill in where maybe Arteta may have got something not quite right.
0: I mean, you, you, there's that story, isn't there, that Lee Dixon says about before his first North London derby, when Tony Adams got him up against the wall and said, we do not lose this game. It, this is what it means to us, right? Tony yeah. Adams, did not, not, not the manager, George Graham at the time, right? And George Graham was a disciplinary manager, wasn't he, by all accounts? But this oh, was Tony yeah. Adams' the captain, right? And... It's like those players, whatever Arteta does, they don't understand how important the game is to Arsenal, you know, how important it is not to lose against anybody. You know, Tottenham. That game against Tottenham was a prime example of that because we just rolled over against Tottenham, oh, which is unacceptable. Yeah. Horrible, right? horrible. And we wouldn't have you. You, you wouldn't have done that if you've got the right characters. You don't let that happen. And not mm. not just that one game, but when it's really important. Um, I mean, Sean. To be fair to him, he's come up with a few things that we we can compliment him on. He says two points behind Spurs and five behind Chelsea's trophy trophy laden superstars with a super lean and young team. That's the end result. And that's fair enough. But still, ultimately, two points behind Tottenham when we were clear of them with three games to play. That's mm. the point as well. So we kind of threw that away, didn't we? And although you you, to me, finishing two points behind a team that you were ahead of with two games to play isn't an achievement. It's a failure, especially when that team happens to be that lot down the road. Who are the specialists in failure? To use a term that was used once before uh, when it was related to Arsenal, but that's not an achievement. Yes, finishing five points behind Chelsea. What you got to remember is with Chelsea, and I'm not making, I'm not trying to undermine where we finished in the league or the points that we got, anything like that. After quite early this season, you could quite clearly see Chelsea knew they wasn't going to win the Premier League. They wasn't good enough to keep up with Man City and Chelsea. They put their eggs into different baskets and they knew they would finish in the top four because they knew they were good enough. And that's what they kind of went through the motions a little bit, finished in the top four, got their job done. Towards the end of the season, they dropped off because they'd already done their job earlier in the season. You know, we were still chasing. So we... We're picking up points because we it was so important that we had to. And even even then, we still lost half of our last 10 games. We lost five of our last 10 games, you know, when we were chasing something. You know, Chelsea had already achieved what they wanted to achieve. They were already going to be in the top four and they were in the FA Cup final and they reached the League Cup final. You know, if we'd done that, if we was in two cup finals and we'd finished where we finished, I'd have put my hands on it and said, brilliant, what, what a season. Brilliant season. But we didn't do that. We got knocked out of the FA Cup by Nottingham Forest. We got knocked out of the League Cup by Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool, fair enough. You know, most most teams lose to Liverpool. But even so, so to me, and finishing two points behind Tottenham when we were clear of them. In fact, we were so far clear of them, we had three games in hand and four points clear of them, however long ago that was, March time, April, whenever it was. Do you know what I mean? And we... They finished above us. So that isn't something to compliment him on, finishing two points behind Tottenham when we were so far clear. Yes, they've got better, better players than us. They've got a more experienced squad than us. But even so, we still blew that, didn't we? Um, what else have we got? Is there any any other reasons? Um, uh, Sean says there, yeah, Arteta has no world class players. W- why hasn't he got any? Is he because he's not bought any? Is that the reason? Or he, he did have one or two and got rid of them because he didn't like them. We didn't get on with them. Or he thought they were disruptive or they wasn't. Um, able to do the, the the one role that he the, the only one way that he can play they wasn't able to adapt to that Aubameyang being the, the prime example you don't when, when Arteta came along Arteta and Lacazette, um, Aubameyang and Lacazette had scored 50 goals between them the season before 50 goal partnership right that's as good as Kane and Son in fact it's probably better than Kane and Son right and he had those two players and what's he done he stopped them both scoring he took away all of their goals right and people say, oh, well, Aubameyang was was a bad influence. That's Aubameyang's fault. Well, OK, we may accept that it could have been part of Aubameyang's fault. But why has why Lacazette's goals dried up as well at the same time? Why? Lacazette, Lacazette scored 19 goals that season. He scored 17 goals a season before. He scored six goals this season under this manager. Aubameyang was going from scoring 30 goals a season to scoring 15 last season. Half of his goals were taken away. And that's not just down to the player on its own. When it's happened, if it was just one player that happened to, it happened to both our strikers, both of them, their goals dried up under this manager. That's the manager's fault. He had world-class, well, you know, people wouldn't say they're world-class. But the numbers that Aubameyang was producing, not just with us, but when he was at Dortmund before, we haven't had numbers like that consistently since Cherry Henry. Someone scoring 30 goals regularly every season, you can guarantee they're going to get 30 goals. He did that his first two seasons at Arsenal. 31 and 29, 60 goals in two seasons, right? We haven't had that since Thierry Henry, that level of consistency of goals. And what did I tell you? We had that. And what you would do is you'd come in and think, brilliant, I've got have got this great goal scorer. I'm going to build a team around that, get him to score 30 goals, and then we're fine. We're sorted. I'll sort the defence out. We'll concede less goals. We've got a 30-goal striker. Brilliant. You know, and, and his mate scores 20 goals, 15 goals next to him. But he he completely ruined that because he wanted to play this system like Man City when they don't need a striker. Man City get gets all their goals from midfield and they're wide players, right? That's what he was going to do. And he had two strikers that scored 50 goals. If Conte had gone into Tottenham and said, right, Harry Kane, you're going to play left wing. Don't go in the penalty area. Go and play left back. Son, I'm not even going to pick you because I don't think you're good enough. Would he have done that? No, he wouldn't. What he's done was, Conte went in there and he got the best out of them. So Harry Kane wasn't scoring before Conte came in this season. He scored, what, two goals up till November. Two or three goals. Son had scored a few. Son got a golden boot because Conte knew how to get the best out of him. We had a striker that had a golden boot, and Arteta stopped him scoring. So that's he had he had a world class finisher in the Bamiang, World class numbers of goals he was scoring. Look at his career. He's got 300 odd goals at Aubameyang in his career. 500 odd games. That's that's a good strike rate. We, he had that player, and he let him go, and he even paid to let him go. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's not that's not a to say he's got no world class players. That's his fault. It's on him because he, he hasn't bought any world-class players and the ones that he had that well you could almost consider world-class he didn't like he got rid of Urza was another one was there a world-class at the time maybe not but he was a world-class player one world cup won all these other stuff most assists ever in premier league history a team that didn't have any creativity um um sean says there name the other world-class player barring offered nothing pre-season and the first half of the season Plus, dishes, or we don't know what his attitude was. We've only got stories that come out. Yes, it, it seemed as though he's had similar issues, hasn't he, at disciplinary wise, at other clubs before. And I'm not saying he's blameless in all of this because he's not, clearly. And I wouldn't try and say that he was. But when you've got, when he had similar problems at Dortmund, when T- Thomas Tuchel was the manager there, and um, I think he went on strike, didn't he? Um, at one point. And he, he didn't, you know, or, or Tuchel banned him from the ground or did whatever he did. And then he came back in the next game, A he's got a hat-trick. In the next game that he, he got picked back in the team, he's got a hat-trick because Tuchel was able to differentiate between his personal feelings, what he'd done, and his professional job, which is getting him to perform on the pitch. And that's what Arteta wasn't able to do. He's not able to do that. I don't think he can separate those feelings. When he falls out with somebody, that's it. He doesn't care how good they might be for the team. It's a personal thing with him, then. It seems to be. It's been repeated a few times. I think.
2: I think Rich has got. He's got. Um, he finds it difficult to handle the bigger personalities. He would be like, not like, even like Gwen Doozy, for an example. He's Gwen Doozy's like quite an outlandish. Quite, mm. you know, he, he he seems to be someone who who's vocal, who speaks his mind, and does what he wants to do, kind of thing. And I think he struggles with with characters like that. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not behind the scenes. I'm just I'm no. just going from what I can see, but. It yeah. might be that he will have issues with trying to potential issues with trying to control the bigger personalities, maybe. Um, I do, I mean, I mean, Sean is making some is Sean, I can't remember who's who, I yeah, think Sean. he's making some good points. I mean, I I've also felt that uh, Aubameyang, Obamian, to be fair, um, I agree. I, I do hear what you're saying as well, Rich. I'm kind of being trying to be a bit of a play devil's advocate a little bit here. I think his attitude did did go. It wandered. It definitely wasn't right. At one point, no, you know, sure. there were, no, there no, were no, some no. games I was I was seeing him in and he just, you know, if you remember, let me just give you an example. You remember when he first came on board, he was I always used to say that, my God, I've never seen a player play with such happiness. He's got a mm. massive grin on his face. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's so happy to be there. He'd be smiling he had the biggest smile on the pitch. And then when it was coming to the point where he was maybe becoming ineffective, his whole persona changed head down. Shaking his head, the smile. And I'm not, and saying, I'm not saying, saying that's him. I'm not
0: saying that's what him. What came first, Neil? What came first? We don't know, do we? What, what Was was what was going on behind the scenes of Arteta no, causing him right. to be unhappy don't know. We'll and then know. his performances right. got affected or did his performances become affected yeah. which then annoyed Arteta? And then w- yeah. which came? We don't know, do we? It's chicken yeah. and egg, isn't it? It's impossible to know. It is.
2: Yeah, I and I think he's going
0: same. to say it was fault, isn't he, to cover his own back. And Abamiang's probably going to blame Arteta to cover course, his own back. Of course, But we don't of really course. know, do we, ultimately? No. Yes, Abamiang's no. had problems in his past and his career, so we know he can be a difficult character to deal with sometimes. Yeah. We know that. We do yeah. know that. And even Lacazette said, didn't he, there's two Abamiangs, There's, you know, the nice Abamiang off the pitch, and they, you know, they, they loved each other. And there's the Abamiang maybe separate to that with his brother and all those influences, which yeah. maybe yeah. isn't a good Aubameyang. And I think, you know... We can't dismiss that as being a reason. And I think Possible. that's fair enough. But um, ultimately, I suppose it's um, as a manager, you've got to be able to manage people better. You know, like you said, Gwendoosie, he kind of fell out of him for whatever reason, shipped him out. Um, Yanks fell out of him, shipped him out. Ozil, he fell out of him, shipped him out. We've had to pay to get rid of two of them. We had to pay a lot of money to get rid of Ozil and you know, quite a lot to get rid of a barrier by all accounts. Do you know, Rozil, you know
2: can I just say, just going sorry, digressing a little bit, I think with Ozil, I think, you know, again, he's marmite to so many fans. Some fans say, utterly useless, what a waste of space, what a you know rubbish player. Mm. Uh, and then other fans think that he's like just amazing, the skills that he had. And he did have skills. He had raw talent. There's no question about it. I think mm. for me, and this is just my opinion, I think after he won the World Cup, that was him done with football. Really, I mean, he was obviously carries on because it's paying. Yeah, paying you're the probably wage. right. But I, yeah, but I right. think I think his hunger completely dissipated once he'd won that World mm. Cup because he probably felt, well, I've done yeah, it. I've, I've won the biggest competition in the world. You know, yeah. I, I don't really care anymore. And you know, there were some games. It wasn't enough. It wasn't consistent enough. But there were some games where he was mesmerized Mesmerizing. Some of the stuff he was doing. Some of the th- quick thinking. His vision. The passing. So. I'm not quite sure whether when Arteta came along, it was because of Arteta solely because of that. I think at that point, was he Ozil was probably already lost. Was he, not
0: a little, was he not a little bit frustrated with the fact that he was setting up these chances for very poor players who were constantly missing them? True and as he well, probably, yeah, You can yeah. see sometimes, I can remember a lot of games you'd watch him, he'd put a brilliant pass through to somebody and they would then completely mess it up. And you could see the look on his face. He's always thinking to himself, what on earth am I doing? Here yeah, no, no, players. That
2: is a good point, and I think, I think
0: that would have been demotivating for a player like Urso, who yeah. um, he it, had been used to being at Real Madrid with all those great players around, like Galacticos, and setting people up and them scoring, and being given the ball when he needed. There were so many times when he'd make a little run somewhere, needs the ball, crying for the ball, he didn't get it, and you could see his body language was like, you know, what are you doing? What am I doing here? You know, you're you're not good enough. I'm, I'm too I good think, to
2: play I, with you. I, th- I think and you he had could two good spells. You had two good Same spells. Back. I think there was a spell when Ramsey was playing really well and he was feeding all, you know, they were, they were playing well with each other. I think it was Ramsey. And and before, do you remember, remember when Ramsey went on that crazy run and then he got injured and it, that was it? You know, it, yeah. it, 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 that, that was, again, another untimely in, key injury for us. It always seems to happen to our club. Um, but, and then there was but, a time when Sanchez. I think he was linking up quite well with Sanchez. Sanchez um, yeah. You know, think what you want of Sanchez, but I think he he was one of those players for me, which we haven't had in years, which could turn a game around. You know, on he, his he own, that, yeah. on his yeah. own. You know, he yeah. he could be it could be ineffective, and he could. I know he used to lose the ball a lot. I know he did a lot of that, but sometimes the magic in the goals that he was scoring were, were great. I'm look, mm. I'm not saying I'm a big fan of his or whatever, or whatever. But I I do remember there was a point in time where Ozil and Sanchez were clicking, were, were ticking off each other, playing harmoniously. It's almost as if they were mind reading each other. They knew exactly. What, where the ball needs to be for Sanchez and vice versa and what each other could bring, offer, bring to the table. So, you know, there have been moments, you know, we can't dismiss it and say Ozil was just shit all round. He wasn't. Yeah. I, 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 just, I just think it was a combination of what you're saying. Maybe he didn't have the players that worked, would work effectively around him. And also, I think there is a part of the fact that he won the World Cup and he lost a lot of hunger for the game as well. So I think it could be a combination of the two. So anyway.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I, I kind of yeah. I think you you may you may well be right. As um, Sean says, uh, Richard, you said Arsenal had two world class players. This is no, I mean we had two world class players when Arteta arrived at the club, not now, which I think were Ozil and Aubameyang potentially because of the goals of Aubameyang scored and Ozil being Ozil. He was a, a world class player. Um, and he says that they had none. Yeah, I don't think this season we didn't have any. We haven't really had a, a world-class player probably since Sergio, actually, have we? I say Aubameyang with his, goals, his goal output was, was a world-class goal scorer, wasn't he? There's no doubt about that, the number of goals that he scored. Um, so he says, yeah, it doesn't look like Man City miss Arteta's talent. <laughs> no, but they can afford to replace anybody anyway with somebody better. So I won't worry too much about that. Sean says Arteta has to build no passengers. Yeah, you're right. And that's true. And he, he does need to build because um, he's got rid of all the play, all the experienced players that he had. So he has got to build. But what he's got to start building, you can't build a house unless you build the foundations. And it's like he hasn't got the foundations because there's no experience at all in the, in the squad. And without that without that foundation, you can't build up from there. It's impossible. So he, he's responsible for that, partly. Well, maybe more than partly because he's the one who maybe didn't want certain players as got rid of them. Maybe the club have forced him to get rid of some because of the wages as well. We don't know. Um, maybe Arteta has gone along with the plan because he's had to because he's an employee, as I said. And I don't know. We'll have to see how that works out. Um, Sean says "Erzo uh, is one of those players. Um, who had to be around but yeah exactly that was the point we were making before a comparison is Steven Gerrard who carried Liverpool for years Um, Ozil's attitude is a disgrace yeah I mean I I think Ozil and and Steven Gerrard they're, they're totally different types of players aren't they um you know steven Gerrard was you know a bit like we mentioned tony adams before he was liverpool's tony adams wasn't he you know and you, you couldn't compare urzel to him because he's a different type of character he's a different type of player he wasn't the type of player ever to take a game by the scruff of the neck even when he was at his best maybe his real madrid days he never took the game by the scruff of the neck and he did as you rightly said as we've said he needed really good players around him because of he was a visionary You know, so he got the ball and he needed people to make the runs. He needed people to read where he was going to put the ball because he could split a defence open in a second. And players like that, you know, you have to make allowances for the fact that they've got a lot of weaknesses in other areas of their game. And you've got to be able to... Arsene Wenger made a lot of allowances for Mesut O, didn't he? A lot of the time. And maybe a lot of people felt he shouldn't have done. But ultimately, you, you have to say he got the best out of him at Arsenal because after... Arsenal Wenger left. Özil's career at Arsenal quickly went downhill, didn't it? Emery couldn't really deal with him. Arteta couldn't deal with him.
2: Rich, sorry, can I just interrupt there? I think oh, Wenger was also under pressure because it was his first big marquee signing. Big signing. Because yeah. he he was he was always uh, you know with this thing that I don't have to spend big big to bring out the best in place, which worked in the beginning. of was a ten at Arsenal. Of course, it did you know he he you know bringing in an Elka for 150,000 when he was just selling him for 23 and you know bringing in Vieira for what was it 350 000, something stupid money um, oh, yeah. and you know making them into world class players you know players like Toure and 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 the likes and i think mm. he, then it got to the point and i think there was a lot of pressure on him because things weren't kind of moving maybe the way we were seeing all these other big clubs come in we, and so when i say big clubs i mean clubs that have got finance behind them because of these rich owners you know, making ridiculous signings for ridiculous money. And we were still not doing it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was that in hour signing, wasn't it? Right at the end, just on the deadline moment, big news. We've we've done it. We've signed Ozil. And I think because he had paid so much money for him, there was that expectation that he has to be present. The team has to be built around him. He has to be picked no matter if he's playing rubbish or not. There were so many times I remember we we were watching a game and thinking, Ozil is doing nothing today. Absolutely nothing. Substitute him. Take him off. Never took him off. Do you remember Wenger would never ever take him off, no matter what, because I think it would be, it almost be like he would be admitting defeat that I brought this big player in and he's not, he's, he's, I've got to keep him on. He's got to produce. He's got to do something. So I think there was a bit of that in there as well with Wenger. But anyway, that again, it's just an opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, that there, there were there were a lot of issues around Erzo. He, he's a kind of a subject on his own, isn't he? Really, let's be honest. Um, but you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is that other managers previously had managed to get a tune out of Ozil and Emery struggled mostly Um and obviously Arteta really struggled. And that's, to me, yes, I'm not saying, again, like with Aubameyang, I'm not saying was completely blameless and all of that, because he's not. And I agree, his attitude what wasn't great. I mean, I can remember... A lot of away games I went to at that time when Ozil was playing and spent a whole journey driving home saying how lazy Ozil is, he don't do nothing, why, why is he even in the team? And then there'd be other minutes, other moments where he'd be amazing, he'd do some amazing things and you think, wow, and it took your breath away almost how good he was. So he was a frustrating player, Ozil, and yes, maybe he wasn't ever properly managed at Arsenal, ever really managed properly, I don't know, but he certainly had his moments under Wenger in particular where he was incredible. I mean, it was that one season when he did he break the assist record, didn't he, or he got close to the assist record? And we had we didn't have a great team that year. Let's be honest, we didn't have a fantastic team, did we? Um, but he was just amazing that season. I think he scored twelve goals. He had like twenty five assists or whatever it is, and that they're like top quality numbers considering he was a t- technically a hit and miss player. And he had he had I think Sanchez was playing actually that season. I think so. so yeah, those two were brilliant together. I can remember they so were. many That's games. What I said earlier
2: exactly. Wow. That. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. So. So, Ozil did need that as well, yes. And I'm not saying he he was totally blameless, but he was a world-class player. And he was at Arsenal when Arteta arrived, as was Aubameyang, as was Lacazette, who was a goal scorer. He wasn't world-class, don't get me wrong, but he was a goal scorer who would score 15 upwards a season. Aubameyang was scoring 30 upwards a season. Ozil was having, what, 20 assists or 15 assists up a season. Do you know what I mean? These were players that we had at the club. And he he couldn't deal with them. And their output shot down. As once Arteta came in. So he's got to be at least partly responsible for that, if not. Totally responsible, no, because the players have got to take their own responsibility as well. But he's partly responsible for that. And we can't dismiss that fact just because maybe Bamiang and Urza are difficult characters and Lacazette's mm. getting older so he can't score as many goals. Yes, they're all factors and I'm sure other factors as well.
2: Yeah, we can't. I mean, in the day, that's what you're paid for. You you're paid money to, exactly. to you. your but... manager. Your manager's got to manage your team. You've got to manage the players that
0: you've got. Now, we're not in a position where we can say, OK, we'll get rid of Aubameyang and Urza and we'll get in two more world-class players to replace him. We're not going to do that because we, we can't afford to do that. So he's got to either get more out of those players while he's got them, um, or he, he's got to find some way of dealing with that better than just saying, well, I'm not going to pick you. And He also didn't even get picked for six months. He wasn't even on the bench for six months. That's right, you know, that's yeah. A player that on that amount of money, getting paid on that contract. Aubameyang as well, he just basically just, you know, started leaving him out of the team. Yeah. Um. On, when they're on that big that's bad management. You've got yeah, to I be able to that, manage that situation yeah. better.
2: I think he even not with the League, cup, league cup games play. where I'm he not. could have brought him on and he wasn't bringing him in on, you're right. Yeah, you know, he was surprised. I was just not in it. He's definitely finished. I'll never forget, forget that gone. game. I'll, I'll never
0: forget that game in the lockdown season when we played at Southampton, In it was in the middle of summer. And Erzur was sitting in a stand with an umbrella, do you remember, to protect him from the sun? Oh, yeah. and he,
2: was,
0: he, was, he was a substitute that day. He was on the, yeah, we won the game, so it didn't matter, right? But he was a substitute and he wasn't interested in he, he knew he wasn't going to come on. So he's yeah. sitting there. He hasn't got chin pads on. He's sitting in the sun with an umbrella to stop him getting sunburned on his head, right? That's right? And he spent the whole game doing that because he knew he wasn't going to come on. And it's like, you know, he's your he's, he's the player you're paying the mo- at that time, he was the biggest contractor, oh, so, yeah. paying the most amount of money. And you're just letting him sit in the stand with an umbrella rather than actually yeah. saying, we need you on the pitch. Even if yeah. we only need you for 20 minutes, we might need you. So you've got to be ready. Yeah. he wasn't going to play. He knew he wasn't going to play. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that went on for ages, didn't it? It's until age, yeah. finally yeah. until finally, we managed to pay him out of his contract so after a year or whatever, however long it was. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, anyway um sean says there uh, um we are talking attitude though our is learning um and doesn't need lazy attitudes around the team i agree about uh foundations of kieran thomas vanished give Arteta a break it's difficult to give him a break when he's responsible for a lot of the problems isn't he that's that's the that's the problem i've got with it uh, dean says "At uh, the point is Arsenal had us playing ball and we were scoring goals that, that's true yeah uh, the only problem um was we lost a steal uh, and leaky at the back. Yeah, we we were leaky at the back. Arsene Wenger's issue was well, if we keep the ball, we're not going to concede goals. But when we didn't have the ball, we were very vulnerable, wasn't we? Quite often for that reason. Um, and Dean says that uh, Arsene knew how to use creative players. He did, yeah, because his whole career was based on creative players. That's what he wanted. He wasn't he wasn't that interested in defending. Was let's be honest, the defensive side of the game. He, we had great defenders when he came. He just let them get on with it, didn't he? And then yes, he did. Replace him, didn't he? Sol Campbell and Colo Torre, mm. and he did. You know, you know, Ashley Cole came through, and he bought Lauren and stuff like that. But Colo Torre and Lauren were both midfield players. He played him in defence because he knew they had that um, strength to be able to play in defence. Um, so, but he he never really. Bought very many good defenders did he ask me because he didn't understand defending I don't think he understood how to, attack, how to be creative but he didn't really understand well it seems like Arteta's the other way around he seems to like stop pile his team with loads of defenders don't buy any strikers or attacking players and even now we conceding more goals because we don't have a midfield to protect the defence as well do we um so uh, yeah but anyway um sean says uh, hey guys um i love this discussion even though we disagree on something but that's what it's about isn't it you know you know ultimately i i've got no problem with um people having different opinions and it's great and I'm quite happy to discuss the opinions as well. And hopefully we'll, you know, we'll come to a, a, an agreement that actually our is not as good as you think it is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to be Brian Clough here. Brian uh, Clough, but... yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> 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 And the says, I agree with this. He said, we were forced to renewing Ozil's contract. Yeah, we were. Uh, the reason why we did it was because Sanchez, we lost Sanchez. And I think at that particular time, if we'd lost Ozil and Sanchez in the same window, there'd have been riots. So I think they had to keep Ozil. Oh, yeah so they offered him a contract and it was wrong i agree we shouldn't have done that we shouldn't have given a me on a contract we gave him either even though he just won us the fa cup and everybody loved him at the time we all did um and we were quite happy that he signed. we loved him to sign but ultimately that was the wrong decision looking back on it now ozil's contract was the wrong decision and it's made it more difficult to bring in the players that we need because the money was tied up in those two we've had to pay them out so we've got his cost us money there and the owners are probably thinking you know what I'm not doing that again. Let's just buy a load of kids, and we're fine. We haven't gonna, we aren't gonna go through that again. I don't know if that's the reason. Um, Terry says, "Yeah, we would be doing well if all the players I wanted to buy from Man City and come, we would have won the league this year." Well, would we though? Would we though? Because one, Pep isn't going to sell us the players that's going to win him the league, is he? He's going to sell us the players that he doesn't really need anymore. Jesus is the biggest example of that. He, he, if if he thought Jesus was a player that he needed to win the league next year, yeah, he wouldn't sell him. Sell him, yeah, sell him. Absolutely yeah. no chance. He'd either keep him or he'd get him out of the country and give him sell him abroad. If if we buy Jesus, it's because Pep doesn't believe Jesus is a is a striker that he needs to take Manchester City on to where they need to go. And that's where we need to go. Um, you know, as well. We want to get to that direction. So buying Man City's car stops isn't necessarily going to...
2: That's where Wenger made one of his biggest mistakes when he sold Van Persie to Ferguson in Ferguson's last season. I really believe, I remember you were touching on with Carl. I think, there was a couple of moments in that even in Wenger's reign, uh, we, we could have won the league a couple of times. I think that would have been one of the seasons. If we had held on to Van Persie that one season, I think that's what we were lacking in that season. That team we had Hmm. Whatever it was, we just needed a Van Persie in it. And I think we could have, ch- if not won it, ch- certainly challenged with the league. And then the other yeah. occasion is when our, uh, when Eduardo broke his leg. I think we would have gone on to win yeah. things that, that year as well. Yeah. So, you know, there has been some misfortunes as well you know, for us. But Wenger made a mistake. No. He admits, he admits yeah. it. I think he admitted it. I think he admitted it. That, yeah, getting, selling Wenger to, uh, uh, sorry, Van Persie to my biggest rival. That's something you don't do. So what you just said there. Pep's only going to be selling, you know, Jesus if he knows that he's not part of his plans anymore.
0: But, yeah. or, you know. or, or he maybe looks at it and thinks, well, last one, no threat anyway. So it doesn't matter. They can have <laughs> him. He's, he's not going to win them the league on his own because the rest of them are just bang average. He, he may look at it like that. And, you know, if Jesus doesn't want to sign a new contract, he, he can get money for him. And they'll sell him. I don't believe he would sell as a top player that he thought was a top player yeah, for him. He wouldn't do that. Yeah. He's been playing pretty well, like. he scored a few goals, he actually played pretty well, I thought, against Aston Villa. And he seems to have that mentality that we're lacking, that we've maybe been lacking since... Um, since Sanchez actually in that position on the pitch that kind of I mean I think Martinelli's got it but he lacks the experience at the moment and that way yeah, 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 yeah Jesus has got that attitude so I, I've got no problem with us buying Jesus I just don't believe Pep would sell us Jesus if he thought Jesus was going to take I agree. us I I do agree that. He's not no, that stupid no
2: way he's not no
0: he's way. Like, like he wouldn't tell anyone to Liverpool would he? He, wouldn't, he wouldn't even sell any of his players to Liverpool no, he wouldn't no. sell any to the top size in Europe because he knows they're going to come back and bite him. He, he knows he can sell players to Arsenal because we're nothing to him. You know, he's <laughs> he, he as his best mate and he wants to help him oh, out, but bro. he wouldn't. He's not, he's not exactly going to sell us Kevin De Bruyne, is he? Let's be honest. He, oh, I'm you know, what a player he is, though. What a
2: player yeah, he's, is he's not going to sell player.
0: us him, is he? You know what I mean? He, he wouldn't. He's not going to sell us Mares, is he? He's not going to sell us players that'll improve us, particularly. Um, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Sean um, says, uh, Richard, please understand my response to the foundations. You can't blame Arteta for lack of output. Well, we can. Because he's not managed him properly, and he's made him play in a deeper role. Um, Kieran Tierney and Thomas being injured. No, you can't blame him for them getting injured. What you can blame him for is not having adequate cover in place. He bought Nuno Tavares. He wasn't even good enough. He didn't even think he was good enough to play because he played Jackal in one game, and he didn't. He was reluctant to play Nuno Tavares. That's Arteta's fault because he bought that player. You know, Thomas Partey. He bought Lacunga too as cover, and when Thomas Partey was injured, he didn't even play Lacunga. He played El Nenny. <laughs> you know, so we can blame Arter for, it. we can't blame him for the injuries, no, injuries happen, mm-hmm. and these things happen, and that's um, I, I, one of those things, and I don't blame him for the injuries, I do blame him for not having adequate cover in place, not, you know, you can't cover every single player, of course not, but he actually bought a left back, and he bought a central midfield player, but he didn't have enough trust in those players that he bought, to have to play them when they were needed, when there were injuries, which is what he bought them for, so to me, that is, that that lies on our set he should have either bought better quality backups, in the first place, then we would have been able to survive the injuries a bit better than what we did. Because let's face it, Kieran Tierney was one of our biggest misses because of how important he was to our attacking play as well. And Nuno Tavares just isn't in that same level. But not many players are. He's a great left back, Kieran let's be honest. Um, and it's difficult to cover for that. But you, you've got to have a plan in place. What if we can't play these players? We ne- You need to have something. And that is, I think that is down to him, personally. He, not the injuries, but the lack of cover. Um, And Sean says there, Richard argument for Jesus is flawed. Some players shine and evolve at other clubs. Example, uh, Mo Salah. Yeah, yeah, they do. And that's true. But Jesus has been at Man City for a long, long time. He's been there. I mean, Mo Salah was only at Chelsea very briefly, wasn't he? And he was probably badly managed. But uh, Jesus has been at Man City, what, six, seven years under Pep. And he's been a, he's been a decent enough player. He's got quite a few goals. Um, so, I'm not saying, I, I'd quite like us to sign Jesus, because I think he's better than what we've got, and he's won lots of trophies, so he understands what winning's about. He knows winning mentality, win. yeah. He's got a winning mentality, and I say, I think he's got that thing that Alexis Sanchez had, and I think he'd be a positive signing for us. So, I, I quite like Jesus, but I just don't think, if Pep believed he was that good, Pep wouldn't sell him to us. He wouldn't, he'd sell him abroad somewhere that wasn't going to be a threat to him, but... Mm. We'll see what happens. I mean, I hope we do get him because I actually think that would be a good signing for us. And he could be the sort of player that is going to improve us, definitely. As long as he's not the only signing that we might, or the only top player that we sign, Because he is a top player, Jesus. I don't really any doubt about that. You know, his goal scoring record was good. I say I've been really impressed with how he's been playing in the last few weeks. I thought against Aston Villa, I thought he didn't score, but I thought he was brilliant in that game. Their comeback, he was. You know you could see how much it, it meant to him and how much he was fighting and that's what i want to see from our players you know, that's why i love the lexi sanchez for that reason because no matter how the game was going how he was playing that made no difference he would fight for every single ball he would yeah. he would do anything he could you know what i mean and, and that's what i like it i don't care if, if we win games all the time if we've got that attitude and i like that um loki says there uh, how about calvert lewin um I'm unsure about Calvert-Lewin. Again, he's better than what we've got, and he would be a great option because we lack that physical presence in the box, don't we? We lack someone who can attack the ball in the air. And would he suit the way that we play? Well, we used to put a lot of crosses in the box, certainly when Kieran Sini was fit, didn't have anyone to finish him off. Yeah, possibly. Calvert-Lewin would be an option, depending on the price. You're looking at silly money for him, aren't we? Potentially, I think. And if that's the case, I would probably say no. If the price was OK, I think he can definitely offer us something that we don't have. A bit like Jesus, he'll improve what we've got. And if we were to sign Calvert-Lewin and Jesus as our two strikers this summer, I'd be pretty happy with that, as long as we improved elsewhere as well. But if we got those two strikers in, I'd be reasonably happy with that. I think, yeah, we've got two strikers that are going to improve us, improve our goal output. And, you know, Calvert-Lewin in particular can be a focal point for your attack, can't he? Because he, he holds the ball up well. he's strong. Um, and I say he, he's good in the air. So, yeah. And with Jesus, he's got great movement, hasn't he? He's, he's you know, he's a tricky little player. He, he makes good runs. He can finish. You know, he's a bit like a a Silvan type, isn't he? Uh, Jesus, he's a good finisher. He's got good movement, but you know, he's not a fantastic footballer as such. But he's he's tricky, isn't he? He's a tricky little player, and he gets himself into some good positions. I think those two would be two good signings, but um, Loki says that Everton will be in trouble with FFP. Yeah, that's, that's the rumour. So they may have to sell a few players, mightn't they? So we might get him a bit cheaper. If we can, I'll snap their hand off. You know, people are talking about Richarlison and dismissing him. I mean, I think Richarlison's a great player, actually. Yes, he's another a bit of an attitude, though, isn't he? So I don't think Arteta would want him because I don't think he's a little bit of a loose cannon, isn't he, Richarlison? You've seen what he's done at Everton the way he... Sometimes, you know, um, things he's done on the pitch and stuff like that. So he's a, li- he's a little bit of a loose cannon. So I'm not sure if Arteta would go for Richarlison. But I think he's a very good player, actually. Um, they've got one or two decent players, Evan. In a way, I was kind of hoping they went down because their players would have been, been available. And we may have been able to go in and pinch one or two. They can keep it woby but some of the others might. <laughs> we don't if want him back
2: if we got be, then definitely we're going backwards there will be no, can you imagine two ways we signed Iwobi everyone come don't. back so sorry
0: we want we our money back oh, we we'll to don't, take it back
2: please don't Richard I'm yeah. going to have to shoot mate uh, sorry to interrupt I'm going to have to go so it's been yeah, no, no, no. Thank you, you so you, much you, you've
0: only got to stay for ten, 10 minutes you've been here 2 hours I right. know so oh,
2: <laughs> but no thank you for the opportunities this season and, and being a part of this and yeah it's been wonderful and thank you to everyone in the chat and Sean said it well I mean he said yeah you don't always have to agree and as long as it's civil and, and there's no kind of you know animosity or or you know toxicity toxicity between between the fans, And that's the main thing. You know, we're no, all different. Yeah. We all have our own opinions, and um, as long yeah. as we can discuss it sensibly and amicably, then that's the main thing. That's what it's all about. So, exactly. Um, that's,
0: that's what I've always wanted to try and do. And some people some don't seem to want to do that. Sometimes, do they? I no, suppose. But take it too far. They take it too far. Yeah, they it's do. And not at them. the end of the day, if we all agreed about everything, life would be really boring, wouldn't it? Very boring. And you know, and I, I, I wouldn't like that anyway. So I, I kind of, you know, I enjoy that people disagree, and that's fine. You know, yeah. let's, let's let's discuss it, and that's fine. And you know, it may turn out that that, uh, that I'm wrong, and that's that's great. You know, <laughs> I, I like to be wrong about. All right, because all
2: it means right. We'll do well.
0: If, if I'm yes. wrong about our hair, it means we're doing well, and I want to be wrong. You know, Absolutely. but I just, I just don't think I'm going to be. Unfortunately, at this moment, I don't believe I'm going to be wrong. But time will tell. And if, if he turns yeah, it around yeah. and if he becomes successful, wins us all these massive trophies that we want, then we'll love Arteta forever. And I, I, Absolutely. I'll, and I'll be quite happy to come on here and help me as i well and say I was wrong. I'm sorry, Arteta. I got it wrong. And, and you, you, you will know? sing the song.
2: And you will sing the song. Yeah, I, well, I don't know about that. I might be. <laughs> 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 anyway, anyway, my guys, thank you so much. It it's been a pleasure you as always, my friend. See you soon, hopefully. All right yeah definitely will take
0: it. take it easy mate yeah bye, take it bye, easy bye. uh neil there, yeah, brilliant of course uh we love neil on the channel um he's uh i so say come on for 10 minutes and he was here for two hours that's what we like um he just loves it there. Yeah. Uh, terry says uh, jesus says he wants champions league football well he can get us in the champions league next season can't he so we will he can do that kind of that actually be his job actually um terry also says there why do arsenal players always get long-term injuries that is a question i do not know we've got different medical people now um so i, I, I don't really know is it should this still be an issue i'm not sure um steven says there sanchez would have been great to have around these youngsters he would have shown him an elite with him no, exactly he would have done yeah and he did have that didn't he sanchez was just you know he wasn't always again a bit like urgil to a degree he wasn't always um the easiest character probably to deal with, but what a player! And he did have that attitude, a winning attitude. Um, Sean says, "There, uh, uh, I love uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, I think we all love Kevin De Bruyne. What a player he is!" Uh, he says, "I've been Arsenal since 1975. Remember watching uh, Julie Armstrong and Co? Well, wow, fantastic! Uh, I'm a sports fan first and enjoy the journey of a team growing. I do not want instant, instant oil success. No, no, I don't, and I wouldn't want us to go down that route of just um, getting." owners in and just buy in the success. And I think Arsenal have always been different from that. To me, Arsenal have always done things in the right way. And um, I don't necessarily want instant success. I mean, I, I don't, I definitely don't want instant success because we're here now all this time without really having a lot of success, 19, 18 years since we last won the Premier League. And I don't mind the journey and I don't mind a uh, growth if I can see the direction and the progress and you can clearly see what's happening. My worry is, and I've said this, um, Previously, as well as tonight as well, is the owners, the direction that the owners want to take the club in. That isn't the uh, the um, the direction that I'm happy with personally for me. Now, again, I'm happy to be proved wrong if they start investing in some serious players and we do start getting that in. I'm just not convinced that we will. And, you know, I, I, I liked um, what George Graham did when he came in. Um, he took his time assessed for the first year, realised he needed a striker, bought Alan Smith, he knew he needed a new defence, so he got in Winterburn, Dixon and Steve Bold, and he built the team around some of the great young players that we had, rowcastle and Thomas and Tony Adams, of course, and all the young players, Paul Merson. And I, I like the way he built that team, and that was brilliant. Unfortunately, he didn't rebuild it when he needed to after sort of 1991, where he, he kind of, you know, replaced all our flair players with battlers in midfield and it kind of changed the whole dynamic of the team but I like the way he built that team you know and then obviously we had Arsene Wenger who again um, built his own team didn't he he kept the best of what he had and he built it around Patrick Vieira and then Thierry Omri and, and all those other great players that he brought in and Dennis Burkham was already there and he, he built around them didn't he and I, I, I've enjoyed those processes because you can see a clear pathway you can see a clear direction that the club going, and a lot of that was driven by David D. And as we mentioned earlier, since David Dean's gone, the club haven't had that direction, and it's almost like the club are settling for fourth or fifth or sixth. Well, they used to settle for fourth. Now they seem to be settling for fifth and sixth, just being in Europe. And that, to me, is what for me Arsenal are. You know, you've been you've been since seventy five. That, that outdates me. I was only seven years old in seventy five. I didn't I didn't go to my first game until eighty one. So, you know, um, and for me, Arsenal are more than what we are at the minute. We, we we should be trying to strive to be more than that. And I'm not saying I expect us to win trophies tomorrow or next season or whenever. I just want to see us trying to compete again. You know, and for most of my life watching Arsenal, we've apart from the first few years when we were muddling along like we are now, um, we've generally tried to compete with the top teams. We you know we we took that mantle off Liverpool. Um, we then competed with Manchester United, that great Manchester United, up under Fergie for years, won the most league titles. We were competing with them. We didn't always beat them, but we were always competing with them. And you know, I just want us to look as though we want to try to compete with Liverpool. I don't know long oh, well, It's impossible. We can't. We can't compete with them. We can't. Well, why can't we? Why can't we? If we if we invest properly, if we employ the right people. We can start going along that route. And that's what I want to see us do. Yes, we can't compete with them now. We can't compete with them next year or the year after. Although they are going to eventually drop their levels because that happens. Pep will leave. Klopp will probably leave eventually. And teams go in cycles anyway. You know, and the great Arsenal Wenger teams. we thought the Invincibles would last forever. They didn't. And soon Chelsea caught us up. Another club, Man United, caught us up again. and always had the other. So I, I believe that Liverpool and Man City will drop their level. And I want us to be the team that's got the ambition to be the team to, to, to challenge them at that point. And then we don't look as though we've got that ambition as a club. And that's not our task fault. No, I, I, it's not. And I'm not blaming him for that. I blame him for lots of other things, as I've said, but not maybe for that. Um, as Loki says there, uh, we're getting further behind. At the moment, we are. 100% we're getting further behind. Um, Sean says there, uh, thanks for your input, Neil. Yeah, no, Neil's a, Neil's a legend. Uh, Terry says, night, Neil. Um, Sean says there, uh, the Brazilian at Leeds could be a good signing, but lost his head recently. He's the one you see. Again, a bit like um, Richarlison, whether it's his Brazilians, I'm not sure, but he's a great player, isn't he? Rafinha, Rafinha, isn't it? And he would be a great player for Arsenal, great signing. But again, he's got that um, attitude or mentality that, I can't see Arteta uh, going along with that. He's got this very clear plan of what he wants, the sort of players that he wants. He wants nice players who are going to do as they're told. And he doesn't want players that are going to think outside the box. He wants everybody to be very structured. And Richarlison isn't going to fit in with that. Rafinha's not going to fit in with that. You know, Obamiang didn't fit in with that. Ozil didn't fit in with that. Gwen didn't fit in with that. All these players that have gone. So the players that we sign, if Arteta's really the influence on who we sign, they're going to be players that are going to fit into that structure because he's a very structured coach. And that's his players would need to fit in with that. And that's I think he's going to hold ultimately. He's going to um, hold us back. And Loki says, "My first game was Panathinaikos in eighty-one. I was ten. Mine was that same season. Actually, I think it was before Panathinaikos. Um, it was Man City that same season anyway. Um, oh, no, no, no." I think Panathinaikos was just before. Then I went to the Man City, it was my first game. And then it was a Winterslar game. We when we, we won but got knocked out. That was the first time I'd seen Arsenal sort of lose. Although well, no, we won but we got knocked out. That was a strange, yeah, a strange night. The Panathinaikos one was before, I think Brian Talbot scored in that game, didn't he? But I it was just before my first game, about a week or so before. Um Dean says there agree, Sean. Um but he has to show he's learning quickly. Actually, yeah, exactly. He doesn't seem to have done, has he? Two and a half years in, has he learned too much? Um, Sean says, yeah, my first game, 75. We were crap in that period. Yeah, we were. Um, but hey-ho, um, I could go home and play with my lace-up football. No, exactly. See, this was a thing, right? And and I know and I said this last week, that um, when I first started going to Arsenal, early 80s, you know, we weren't very good. You know, we were finishing fifth, sixth, seventh in the, in the table, round about there. We weren't doing much in the Cups. We never looked like winning anything. And I used to look at Liverpool and all the success they were having. I used to think, well, wouldn't it be great if Arsenal could actually be that good and win some trophies? It was almost like a dream. I never ever thought I'd see Arsenal be any good, ever. So when George Graham rocked up in 86 and took us to Wembley and beat Liverpool in the League Cup, that was the most amazing moment ever. And then, of course, two years later, we know what happened. In fact, the anniversary is tomorrow, isn't it, of that great night at Anfield. Never, ever thought I'd ever see us win the league. And to see it at Anfield against Liverpool, that great team was just... But once you start experiencing those things, and then we had a period of good success, didn't we? 91, we won the league again. 93 to 2, Cups 94, European success. All them sort of things. And when you've experienced that, it's very difficult to... When you stop experiencing it. At the beginning, I hadn't experienced it before. So I wasn't that bothered. Um, it would have been nice, and I wish that I could experience it. But once you start experiencing, you you you. Expecting is not the right word, but you kind of want it to come back again. You think, you know, there were great scenes, and every year you see teams celebrating and fans celebrating, and you think, we've done it. I remember, I remember when that was us, and you want to experience that again. And that's that's what I that's what I want because I've experienced it before. It's, it makes it more difficult not to. I and mean, some of these younger fans now that have maybe started going in the last ten years or five years. A bit like when I started, they haven't really experienced that much. So they're enjoying it. They're loving it, right? Because it's great. I can remember loving us being crap when in, the, in the 80s. I did. It was fantastic. And I understand what they're going through. But it doesn't mean that because we've got different ideas and because we've seen all those different things that we can't be as easily accepted of this mediocrity that we've suffered for the last few years now. And that's that's where I am with it. And I can understand why the younger generation don't understand it, because they haven't experienced those things. That They didn't experience the invincible team. They didn't experience the 91 team or the 89 experience or all those things in between. You know, so, of course, what they see now, you know, this season almost getting in the top four would have probably seemed great to them. And I understand that. But it doesn't mean I have to think it was great because to me, it's not great because I've I've known Arsenal to be better than that. And yes, things go in cycles and I don't expect it all the time. But that's just how I feel because I believe Arsenal are, are more than that and better than that and should be striving to become better than that again. And they don't seem as though we are because we've been treading water for such a long, long time. Um, Dean says that I was 10 when we won the title at Anfield. Uh so it's a, you must remember it then to a certain degree. You're old enough to remember it, which is great. Um, Loki says since World War II, we um always I've had periods of 18, 19 years between titles. No, eighteen years is the is the longest we've gone uh since uh, 1929, which was before we first won the league in 1930 since 1930 we haven't got more than 18 years it is now 18 years so unless we win the league next year no it was, it was yeah, it's 18 years this year yeah so it's we've now gone the longest period out winning the league since 1930 so it's, you know and i'm not saying i say i don't expect us to win the league because we've never dominated an era really have we we've had spells of success constantly throughout the last 90 years but we haven't really dominated an area in a way that Liverpool have or Man United have and I don't expect that we ever will but you do expect us to challenge regularly for stuff. That's my expectation of Arsenal to be after four or five years you'd expect us to start challenging again and we're not we haven't gone through those cycles we've just gone on a downward spiral for 10 years or more now and it's getting to the point now oh, i've had enough of that i want us to start being serious again and if these owners aren't going to do it get out and get someone in who wants us to, to be successful you know where's the next david dean i remember when david dean joined the board 83 and uh, we bought charlie nicholas that summer and it was exciting time because you knew something was going to happen it took a few years and we did get there, but now it's like every year is the same, and I, I can't get excited at the minute while these owners are there because I know their ambition doesn't match mine for what I see the club as. And unfortunately, you know, <laughs> unless they prove me wrong this summer, and we do buy four or five really top top players, but unless we do that, unfortunately, I, I will not have that same belief. John um, says that George was um, well before eighty six. Um, I'm. Honestly, not bothered about Champions League. Some fans support non-league. No team has a right over any other team. Let's just enjoy the football. No, no, I agree. I'm not saying anybody does have a right. But ultimately, when you're a club like Arsenal, and when you've got the history that Arsenal have got, then as a club, we should be aiming higher because of the history that we've got. You know, if if you're a Watford or if you're... um, a club like that then that's fine you know and I'm sure Watford fans and Burnley fans are disappointed they've been relegated of course they are um but ultimately um their expectations as a club and as a fan base are different to ours because we're Arsenal and as as I think it was Kyle played out before we're the third biggest club in England we are and that's a fact so we should have that ambition as a club and as fans we should not expect it but we should want that for the club you know, and that's all I all I want. Do you know what I mean? Um, Loki says there. I had the Nicholas wedge. Hair. I did actually. I know it seems hard to believe now, but it's all gone. But um, I did have the wedge hair cut and i had it permanent at the back as well. Actually, back in the eighties when I, when I did have hair, but um, they were good days. actually. And even though we were we were crap then, and we were we were terrible, right? And you know, we we didn't ever win anything. We never looked like winning anything, but it was a laugh. But that's because I hadn't experienced anything else. As soon as we started winning things, your whole expectations change, your whole mindset changes. And, I mean, me and Neil were talking on the show a few weeks ago that, you know, the Invincible team, for example, did we really appreciate that as much as we should have done because of it was almost expected to a degree. It wasn't expected to be that good, but we almost sort of took it for granted how good we were. And now, obviously, we haven't won a league since then. I, I wish I'd appreciated that more. And obviously, if we did win the league now in the future, I would really appreciate it because I know it might never happen again. And I hope the Leicester fans, when they won the league, I hope they appreciated it. Even the Man City fans at the weekend, right? And I've got, I don't particularly like Man City, but I hope they appreciated that because that could be their last title for 20 years. You don't know, dear. Unfortunately, when Liverpool won the league, their fans couldn't enjoy it because they weren't allowed in the stadium. So, um, but you, you need to enjoy that, those moments because they're quite rare, aren't they? You know, I what I mean you know I mean Sean's been going since 1975 all those games all those years how many how many of those years have been really great not that many so they are rare really aren't they and you know no matter how lucky we've been to have experienced them all we need to appreciate when they do come around but it doesn't mean we shouldn't stop having that ambition for the club because we're not a Watford or we're not um a club like that are we a Norwich or stuff like that we're a club that should be aiming for more and we should be aiming to be successful and we haven't done that for a long time and it's a long way back now unfortunately um so he says when you're growing up watching arsenal being crap but once you've tasted success you won't expect well yeah you do yeah it goes back to that song doesn't it the the james song if i hadn't seen such riches i could live with being poor and that sums it up once you've seen great things it's more difficult to accept mediocrity afterwards isn't it And it's the same with anything isn't it you know if, if you if you if you win the lottery and you win a million pounds, and then like that guy did, and then you waste it all on shit, and then in five years' time you've got no money, it's going to be more difficult, even if you're back to where you started from, you're going to find it a lot more difficult because you've experienced all of that great stuff in between. And it's and it's the same, isn't it? As That's how I feel a little bit with Arsenal to a certain degree. Um, uh, Sean says there, Charlie would have been too lazy for Monopoly to without a show of a doubt. I mean, he was lazy at the time, wasn't he? I mean, George Graham so kicked him out, didn't he? For that same reason, because he he was lazy, but he did provide some great moments, didn't he? I suppose he's a bit like the 1980s Meza Erza in a sense, isn't he? He had some great moments. Um, but ultimately, yeah, he, he, he was lazy and he'd rather have been in nightclubs in London, wouldn't he? With You know, he was our version of George Best, really, wasn't he, I suppose, at the time. Um, I guess that's probably how he was. And Dean says, I remember every moment of the title. Yeah, I mean, anyone that was around them will. So it's the anniversary tomorrow, isn't it, actually, of that amazing, amazing night. Um, the greatest night ever, in... I think, in English football history, let alone Arsenal's history. There won't be another game like that ever. And if there is, it certainly won't have that finish with it that that game had you know last minute goal the two teams that were fighting for the league we needed to win by two goals to stop them winning the league at their ground and to do it in the last minute you know they, they made a film about it that's how good it was they didn't make a film about Aguero did they let's be honest they didn't make a film about anything else like that they made a film about that moment because it's the greatest moment ever in football history probably in world football history but certainly in British football history nothing's ever going to top that is it ever and it involved our team and we came out on top I mean fantastic I mean you'll never get better than that will it it will never get better than that I can remember going to um going to a game once um this is when Arsene Wenger was manager I can't remember which game it was now it was a away game it was when we was at the peak of our powers and we were brilliant that day It might have been Man United. It might have been the the, the night we won the league at Old Trafford, actually. But anyway, it was an amazing night. And I remember coming out of the ground that night thinking to myself, I don't think I'm ever going to enjoy watching a team as much as I've just enjoyed that game. And if I'm honest, every game since then for, what, 20-odd years has maybe been slightly disappointing because it's never reached those heights. I can't remember which game it was now, but I just remember feeling that coming out of the ground that night thinking, it's never going to get better than that. It's never, it is never going to. Um, Loki says, my favourite game also I'm 2-1 away. Ah, the semi-final, yeah, that was an unbelievable night, wasn't it? That was actually probably my first big night watching Arsenal, like it, the excitement of feeling like we might be doing something, because I say up until then, I've been going five or six years, we've been plodding along doing nothing, suddenly George came along, and that night at, at Tottenham, that semi-final replay, that was the moment, um, that was the moment for me where I'd experienced something amazing for the first time. And that was, that was incredible actually. And then obviously at Wembley as well, when we won the final, you know, that, those sort of moments, obviously then Anfield with 89. And after that things change, they do, they, they change you because you then start to, it's not the same excitement again, is it? Nothing will top that at that night at White Lane, you're right. But again, you don't, I didn't think of it like that at the time. It was just so amazing. And you're not expecting it to happen again. So you, 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 you it's just a one-off, isn't it? And then suddenly you win the final. And you think, oh, this is nice. Then, you know, you're winning the league at Anfield. And you think, wow, nothing can top that. And then you're winning the league again. And then you're winning cup finals again. And then it goes on like that, doesn't it? It, it does. And in a way... Um, I sometimes wish we hadn't been so successful because then the tiniest little bits of success like winning that white art lane that night would feel so much better now if if we did that well maybe now it'd be different because we've been we haven't been competitive for a long time but you know i don't know five five years ago winning a game like that you, you wouldn't have that same excitement i wouldn't as i did in 87 because you've experienced those moments so many times in in time over, over time isn't it? it's not the first time the first time always sticks with you the best doesn't it and that's why that semi-final the final against liverpool and in 89 you know the first trophy the first league title all those things they just stay with you forever um and, but it, it does change it does change the way you, you see it afterwards um change i understand wanting to be competitive uh, but we won't compete with the oil we have to understand we are where we are and cut our coffin expectations. No, no, you're right, and I'm not. I don't disagree with you there, and and you 100% spot on. And we can't really um, compete with that. What needs to happen is there needs to be rules in place to stop that from happening. So these clubs can't just dominate football like that. They, that that should should be allowed to happen. And and the fact that it is, you're right. Technically, we can't compete with that. But Liverpool have they? They haven't got oil money, have they? They've got American owners like we have. They certainly did. I don't know if they've. Did they, sell, did they sell the club their miracle hours? But anyway, Liverpool have done it. So it's possible you can compete without oil money. Um, I mean, look at Chelsea. They, they've they been funded by Abramovich. And although they've won a lot of trophies, they've not been competitive in the Premier League as much in recent years, have they? Others, like Liverpool have overtaken them. So it's possible to do it. Uh, we need to have the right plan in place. But I don't think our plan's even about that. They've not even considered that. As something they want to do, and that's where where the, the issues are for me. Um, Sean says, uh, um, "Where are we in That's so um, Were you at Liverpool final when Charlie scored? Yeah, I was at that one. That was, that was the first the first time I'd ever seen us win a trophy live. I remember watching the '79 FA Cup final at home when I was, I think, I was ten then um so yeah the the final when charlie scored was the first time i'd actually seen us win a trophy in the stadium unbelievable what an unbelievable day that was just the the best day ever at the time because i say the first time you experience something like that it's incredible and it never quite feels the same afterwards is it the second time the third time you, you win it you don't take it for granted as such but you sort of do in a way it's not quite that same excitement level is it um says that say, arsenal should play the game on their websites well yeah, they should yeah kick off and say what was it ten, it kicks off late at ten past eight or something they should do it as it, as it was live. that'd be brilliant um we'll all be watching it wouldn't we? let's be honest again i mean i've watched that game a hundred times and even now every time you, you see that and you see michael thomas when alan smith flicks that ball on and it falls to thomas he, every time i think he's going to get tackled and I, I still can't believe that happened. Looking at it now, you at the time you think shoot, shoot, and he, he he waited and waited, and every time you look at it, you think he's going to get tackled. He's going to get tackled, and we're going to we, we're not going to we're not going to do it. And even you know he scores, you still look at it. You think he's going to get tackled. Why didn't he shoot earlier? <laughs> it's just the way, it is, isn't it? But yeah, that was just an incredible moment. And yeah, they should play on the website. You're right. And they, they should play at at past eight. and we should all sit and watch it as though it's live, and experience it again, as I've done many times before. In fact, I used to watch that. Um, uh the the video of the game on the 26th of may every year actually i did it for about 10 10 15 years afterwards um and then i think recently i've been watching an 89 documentary on the 26th of May. i'll probably do that tomorrow actually um but that's been a ritual really over the years um dean says there liverpool was a team to beat and yeah they were as they are now but they were then as well and we did it i know it was different then, with the money and all that kind of stuff but yeah we we, we knocked them off their post didn't we um Sean says, I was at that game, uh, Spurs game too. It was so emotional. It was amazing, it was incredible. The fact that it was Rokas, of course, I got that goal, um, made it even better, didn't it? Uh, Dean said, um, got to go. Catch you guys later, my good family. Yeah, cheers, Dean, for watching again, mate. Really appreciate your support. We will speak very, very soon, I'm sure. There'll be loads of stuff going on over the summer on the channel. We will uh, speak to you soon. Um, Sean says, we're at Anfield. Indeed, I was, along with um, 3,000 others. Incredible, incredible stuff. Um, Sean says there, need a draft-type system. Yeah, no, that would be good, actually. Someone else mentioned that um, recently. Um, Who was it said there? I saw that somewhere else, actually. That's a good idea. Even playing field, isn't it? They won't do it, though. It's it's too much money. Um, I want to, uh, you know, Neil says there, Anfield 89 was, for me, the greatest moment. Of course it was. It's the greatest moment ever in history of football simple that's it there's nothing will ever beat it nothing c- can ever beat it and the fact it was us and I, I'd go back to 89 it was just great wasn't it you know there was the hottest summer ever wasn't it 89 I was 20 it'd be 21st birthday um the month after we won the league um there so it was a great year actually for me so yeah it was brilliant my first child was born during that season as well so yeah I'd go back to to them days any if, if, if they invented a time machine I would go back to then, 89, definitely experience that again. Um, brilliant stuff. Um, Sean says, yeah, Liverpool have great scouts. Arsenal scouts never find diamonds. Says, no, they don't. They don't because they're not looking for them, are they? They're looking for the cheap options, I think. Um, Neil says, a yeah, great point, Rich. We experience those great moments, so we miss it. And what, what exactly? Yeah, if you don't have it, you don't miss it. Exactly. That's exactly the point, isn't it? That is not it It's exactly the point. And, yeah, that's how I feel. And the longer it goes on... The, the worse it gets almost isn't it because you, you miss it even more um Neil says yeah sorry just catching up no 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 worries at all um Loki says they spent two weeks on the beer after Anfield, did you good I mean I said it was I was 21 um well, month month afterwards so it was a good time definitely a good time the music was good uh the fashion was good the football was good everything was good wasn't it you know we were young enjoying life um so yeah brilliant uh, Sean says um we were so blessed, but yeah, exactly. The eighty nine, it, it was a blessing. There's no doubt about that. And and as I said, when you've experienced those things, you know what football can bring you, how much joy and how much um, emotion it can bring you, right? And I think personally, for me, probably since probably since that that Tottenham game in eighty seven, to a certain degree, um, you, you're almost chasing it, aren't you? You know, if you know, if you could, if you could put in a bottle, the that feeling. If you could, you know, if you could turn it into a drug that you could take to make you feel the way that Anfield eighty nine made us feel, or that White art Lane in eighty seven, or Wembley in eighty seven, or you know, Copenhagen ninety four. All those great moments, right? If you could actually the feeling that 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 gives you if you could actually make that into some sort of drug you'd be a billionaire within weeks because that's what everybody what you want to feel like that and and no drugs artificial drugs can bring those can bring that same feeling on as, as what those moments can it's impossible and they're what you they're what you constantly chase aren't they and you know it's like anything isn't it? i suppose you, you you maybe you go cold turkey in a way don't you when you don't when you don't experience it for a long time you know I, i've so much over the weekend watching these the scenes at, at the etihad um seeing those scenes at everton when they stayed up and i know that's a different situation and, and obviously even at anfield when you know, they were getting could have won the league. And I remember when we had it in 99, when we had to beat Aston Villa and Man, You were playing Spurs and we needed to, to drop points and Spurs were winning and we were we were really excited. And then, you know, all those all those moments. um, You want to be a part of that. You see other people being a part of it. And you look at you think, oh, you know, why, why can't that be us again? Because we know how great it feels. And I don't know, that. that maybe that's just me. Um, when Mickey scored, I leapt up and smashed the ceiling light in my Liverpool mate. Oh, he was in a Liverpool mate's house. I said, bah, wow, well, uh, that's, that's, that's a great story. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, it, those moments, you just um, never get them in any other part of your life. You don't, it's impossible. You can't recreate that because it's, you know, life, the thing about live sport is, it's not scripted so nothing else that you do in your life whatever you can't beat that because it isn't scripted it's that it's that high and it's i don't know it's difficult to describe it isn't it but you know that's that's what you're chasing your life don't you what constantly everybody does you know some people will go will turn to drink they'll turn to drug, whatever just to give them that, that feeling those feelings of um to, to blot out all the bad stuff and just to experience them, Good feelings for a short period of time, and that's what for me. It's always been live sports done that, football's done that for me. It's that because you you, you can't get it, and hit, I've never been able to get it any other way, I, I don't drink, I don't take drugs or anything like that. So that's been my high. And when it's denied me because Arsenal have been so terrible for so, not terrible, but so average for so long, it, it it gets frustrating, and you you want to experience that. And the only way I know I can experience it is for Arsenal to be to be challenging winning those things Now, yeah the fa cup wins recently have been good 2014 in particular um was a great moment but they're the sort of things that you you want to be happening again as as you've experienced them before um uh, neil says not just you richard spot on loki says better than second 85 minutes longer <laughs> that's probably one way of looking at it but but again it's a different high isn't it it's a different high um Sean says there, Rich, when I comment on other channels, people like Dan Potts, um, and not just him, comment I'm not an Arsenal fan. Thanks for yours and Neil's mature interaction. Listen, mate, I mean, you know, what I've always wanted to try and do, um, you know, and I like I like Dan Potts by the way. I think he's great. Um, but you know, I'm I like speaking to other arsenal fans and everybody's got their own experiences of arsenal everybody's got their own experiences of football and everybody's got their own expectation of what they want out of it and what what they enjoy and all this kind of stuff and that's great and i'm and i'm more than happy to interact with any anybody you know i I have fans of different clubs on the channel because you know Football fans, we're all the same. Let's be honest. Ultimately, whatever club we support, we want the generally we want the same things. We want our club to do well. We want our team to win games, and we want to hopefully win some trophies, and we want to do all this kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, I am. I think I've got maybe my experience in life, experience of of going to football. I just I love interacting with football fans. That's one of the reasons why I set the channel up, because that was what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to talk about my club that I've has been a massive part of my life for 40 odd years, and also as well to be able to interact and, and speak to other people, not only Arsenal fans, of course, you know, I've met some great Arsenal fans doing the channel, um, you know, that come on the channel here, people that I've met at games from being on the channel and stuff like that, and um, to me that's what i wanted to set the channel out for and I, you know I, I don't i'm not really bothered about anything else you know if there'll be people out there that don't like this what i do and that's fine i'm not bothered i'm just glad that i've been able to reach out to other arsenal fans been able to build a little community of, of great Arsenal fans we have some great fun we talk about the club that we love what, what better way can you spend your time you know than doing stuff like that do you know what i mean it's, it's the best thing ever isn't it do you know what i mean there's not much that, that can give you that sort of satisfaction really um Neil says there yeah, top man Sean and likewise much love indeed Terry says Sean it's good to have you here mate you'll always be welcome yeah, of course because you know and, and I think that you know I say I do like Dan Potts and I don't want you know I don't really like people criticizing because I, I know him personally and he's a great guy um and I know some channels have got different ideas and they want to do different things and that's fine I've got no problem with any of that um you know but i say i'm i'm I, i'm just about i just want to chat to arsenal fans and football fans and talk about the club that we love that that's what i want to do and you know t- tonight I, I kind of i've not i've never really done a kind of a a phone-in show if you like when i put the the link on and get got people anywhere to come on and you know it, not many people came on but kyle came on not not interacted with him before um actually he did mention about his channel i, I forgot about that earlier We was involved in some conversation I'll get that back up because he was a great guy actually you know strong opinions and that's great um you know I agree with a lot of what he said other things maybe not so much but that's fine um I'm trying to find where his channel was he, he wanted us to give it a plug and he, he was a great guy and I, I enjoyed him on the channel I'll definitely be trying to get him back on again at some point let me just find that um I think quite a lot of comments came in there was a lot of was we talking at the time and I think I missed a few. Um, I know it is, yeah. He says, um, there you go. Kyle he says, sorry, Richard, um, could you just give my channel a shout out? Kyle Walsh Gunner, there you go. So yeah, Kyle Walsh gunner, to uh, definitely go and check him out over on YouTube. Um, I'm sure uh, you know, he's certainly got some interesting, um, some interesting comments he made, didn't he? So um, you know, and I say I agree with a lot of what he said. Um and yeah, that's, that's great. So I'll definitely be looking out for him a little bit more as well. Um, Sean says there, yeah, I like Dan Potts too, just um, do not agree with his autopilot agenda to get Arteta out on it. No, I mean, I've had Dan Potts on my channel a few times and um, he, he he is against, you know, I know his feelings on Arteta and that's fine. And again, I agree with a lot of what he says as well. Um, I really do. And I, I'm. I must admit, I'm more... My 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 fear is all about Arsenal and I don't really care about the manager particularly. If they're doing well, brilliant, you know, that's the best thing. If they're not doing well, get rid of them, get someone else in. That's how I look at it. I'm not I don't get attached really to managers that aren't successful because I don't really I care about Arsenal and I care about enjoying what I'm watching. I haven't really enjoyed watching Arsenal play much for the last sort of four or five years, if I'm honest, towards the end of Wenger. Um Obviously, Emery's time wasn't great, and I've not really enjoyed the Arteta years so far, particularly there's been the odd good moments here and there. But overall, I've not really enjoyed... And that's what it's about, is that you've got to enjoy what you're watching. And you've got to see some sort of plan to to make us competitive. That's what I, I like, anyway. But anyway, we'll see. Sean uh, says, thanks, Terry. The uh, 70s Neil, actually, was on the show. Um, and Sean says, the Irish fella was good. No, he was. He was very good. and Entertaining. He, and, you know, I don't necessarily have to agree with people i mean i i did agree with a lot of what he said to be fair he made a lot of sense um but i don't have to agree with people to enjoy listening to him. Uh, if they're talking about arsenal i'll listen to him. and if i disagree i disagree if i agree i agree. It's great so yeah he, he was great and kyle and i'll definitely be um i've not had any interaction with him before i, I don't even think he's been in the chat on the channel he may have watched us before but I'm definitely going to be watching his channel um, and I'm definitely going to be subscribing. So yeah, please, all you guys do so as well, because um, he was entertaining and he made some good points and he's a big Arsenal fan. That's what we like. And, you know, when it comes to a game, it's it's a it's, a whole, it's a massive day out for him, isn't it? So, you know, you've got to give him respect for that. Um, Sean says, I really hope Arteta Arte gets us another trophy. Well, I do, because that's what we want. I want to see Arsenal winning trophies. I want to see us competing the trophies. The Europa League next year could be interesting, couldn't it? We didn't. Think- we wasn't too far off last year. Um, Loki says, "Me and my brother argue all the time." When Mister Wenger was here, we would argue on the train back. Yeah, exactly. But that's what it's about, isn't it? You know, even when we were, even in the Invincible season, even when we were brilliant, we'd still have arguments about different things. Why did he? Why did Wenger take Perez off? You know, why did he take Thierry Omri off? Why did this happen? You know, there's always, always things, isn't it? It's just on a different scale, isn't it? You know, and that's the beauty of being a football fan, isn't it? you know um we all want the same things but maybe we've got different ideas of how we want to get to them and that's what it's all about isn't it um what's this channel again it was kyle um was it kyle walsh gunner or something i'll find it again um here we go it is yeah kyle walsh gunner um on YouTube, it'll be. So, yeah, Kyle Walsh, gunner So, put that in. And definitely subscribe to his channel because I will be uh, listening to a lot more uh, of his content because it looks like it could be quite interesting. Um, I had Delboy Boy, Del Boy on, actually. He's another Irish Arsenal fan. He's got a channel as well called Del Boy uh, Gunner TV, I think it is. And he's an interesting guy as well. He's got some similar opinions, actually. and he, he puts them across really well. And that's what I like. You know, I don't mind if someone agrees with me or disagrees with me or I agree or disagree with If they can put their points across well, I'll listen. And I'll take it on board and I may agree or I may not agree. But ultimately, um, that's what it's all about, isn't it? And I kind of like that. So, but yeah, that's what football is, isn't it? Football's about opinions. Football's about, you know, and if we're all Arsenal fans, ultimately what we all want, whether, you are, whether you're whether you a big Arteta in or Arteta out, I don't like all them labels actually, but that's what people are known as. To me, what we all want is one thing. We all want Arsenal to be the best that we can be. And ultimately, sometimes we need to put aside some of these little, petty arguments and just understand that if I don't think Arteta's the right man to take us forward and you do that's fine and while Arteta's there obviously when I was at Newcastle the other week supported the team for pretty much 85 minutes until the second goal went in and then my frustration got the better of me um but that happens and that's what I'll always do and if we start to become successful then it'll be brilliant and I'll say I'll be quite happy to be wrong and I'll be, I'll quite happily come on the channel I'll get you on the channel surely if you want we'll say you know you were right about Arteta and I should have listened to it and I should have backed him more um, and if, if I'm so happy to be wrong and he gets sacked as all managers probably end up doing anyway the next manager coming and we'll have to decide about him and if we go in a good direction I'll be happy And if we don't then I'll think is he the right man? um and that's what it is um sean says it's hard to get your point across well in the chat no it is i agree with that yeah and that's why what i'm going to start doing a lot more is i'm going to start opening the channel up more to people so people actually come on you know and whether they agree with with me whether they agree with other people on the show or not that's fine and everyone i want everyone to have the opportunity to put their points across because nobody's right and nobody's wrong let's be honest um really we've just got an opinion that you know we we believe this or we believe that or we think this and we think that which is great but nobody's necessarily right or wrong. You know, you, you could say finishing fifth this season made it a good season. Right. And you wouldn't be necessarily wrong to think that. You, you think that. And that's fine. Personally, for me, I don't think it is a good season. But that's just that's my feeling on it. It doesn't make me right or wrong. It doesn't make you right or wrong. It's just we just have a different opinion because maybe we look at it in a different way. Um You know, and and that's fine, and that's and that's great. You know, I can remember before social media and this kind of stuff, you'd go down a pub and you'd chat to your mates afterwards, and you know, you'd you'd have arguments, you'd fall out about this and that. And it's the same now, isn't it? We all want the same for the club, but we just got different views and different ways to look at it and different ways to see it and that's basically uh, what it's about isn't it and Neil says "Yeah, thanks for having me on Rich massive honour as always and thanks everyone in the chat no thanks for coming on mate as always brilliant to chat to you you are you, you know I think me and you interact pretty well on, on the channel actually we've been on before so you know you're always welcome anytime you know that um Terry says here, it's a two-faced thing being a football fan never happy. no of course you're not happy no one's happy they, unless you're winning every week, which no one is. Um, Neil says it's a great channel and you deserve more coverage. Well, thanks, mate. I mean, you know, I'll just do what I do. If people like it, they like it, don't they? I enjoy doing it, which is amazing. Um, but no, you're right. The, the, you guys in the chat make the show what it is. People that come on the, the channel make the show what it is. You know, Kyle tonight, brilliant. First time he's been on, you know, people like that. That's what that's what makes it. That's why I set it up. That's what I wanted to do. And the fact that it's been growing as well, it's even better, isn't it? Um, I've actually just realised I've been going for three hours, which is longer than I anticipated to be going. Um, but it's been great. It's been some great, um, I'll say there's some great people on. Obviously, Adam earlier on, Neil, who spent a lot longer on than he intended to, Kyle as well. It's great to have him on. Um, and obviously, all you guys in the chat as well. Say so some new people as well. I so say, Sean, I've, I've not seen you in the chat before, so if it is your first time on the channel, please consider subscribing if you've enjoyed it. Obviously, some usuals have been in locally, of course. Terry, as always. I love you guys, um, as always, Dina as well as in earlier. I know he had to shoot off. Um, there's been a few people in tonight, actually. It's been great. And, you know, uh, you know, maybe in the future, more people want to come on as well and, and actually chat live on, on the air with us as well, which would be nice. And if, if you do, if anybody in the chat fancies coming on at any time, just drop me a message on Twitter. Um, you can either put it on the, the channel Twitter, which is, as you can see, the at over and Arsenal, or my personal Twitter, which is at Richby. And, yeah, if you want to come on, I'm more than welcome you to come on, actually. Everyone's welcome um, if, if you fancy it, and we can organise something. So that's always that's always good. Um, uh, Sean says, I'm not saying our Tether and his and backing will get us top two finish." I'm saying I enjoy and understand how difficult a job it is for the manager and genuinely happy. No, that's great. And, you know, lots of people are happy with the progress. And... So far I'm a little bit underwhelmed, if I'm totally honest. Um, but that's just me. <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Next season's big, isn't it? I think if next season we do struggle with Europe, if we do struggle to get in the top six, then I think our our t- days are numbered. If next season with Europa League, if we win the Europa League getting the Champions League, brilliant. And if we do pretty decent in the league, then to me, that's great. And I'll be, you know it he will deserve another another season or two seasons, whatever it is, that'd be great. But next season's crucial, isn't it? Because we need to have another um we need to have another season where we're at least challenging for that top four with a european campaign as well do well in europe maybe that one of the domestic cups as well and stuff like that we that's what we need to be for Arsenal. that's going to be progress now because finishing sixth next year isn't progress is it even if finishing fifth next year is not really progress is it we need to lose less than 13 games maybe lose 10 less than 10. that's progress and that's what i want to see and that's that's fine you know what i mean that, that's that's great um Loki says, cheers, Richard. Uh, cheers to up the gutters, indeed. Uh, thanks again. Um, Sean says, thanks for the show tonight. No, thank you very much for for your comments, mate. Thanks for sticking with us. We enjoyed your company. Uh, Terry says, great show again, Richard. Take care. Um, Going to 70, Sean, see Loki. Um, great. Like, yeah, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. Um, so that's it then. That sort of maybe we didn't maybe review the season so much, more just about football in general, which is great. awesome in general, which is great. I've enjoyed it, actually. Maybe it wasn't. In the show, but I didn't really have a plan for tonight. So anyway, it was just a matter of uh, getting people involved, really. Doomly and I says, yeah, "There's need that we have offered in Ketia five five I knew that we've offered hundred grand a week. Yeah, I've just been hearing that hundred grand a week. Well, wow. I mean, if that's true, why aren't we putting that hundred grand a week into buying a, an elite striker? It is not okay. Is he an elite striker? No. Is he a striker to take us to that next level? No. If we're giving him 100 grand a week, why on earth aren't we giving 100 grand a week to an elite striker that can come in and take us to that next level? Who knows? Again, club decision, not necessarily Arteta's decision, club decision, owner's decision. That's the problem. Um, Sean says, I agree. If Arteta goes backwards, he starts. Exactly. That's what we want to see. We want to see progress in the right way, moving forward every season, progressing, getting closer to the top or Closer to challenging at the top. Yeah, Nguyen, I know you New Nguyen. Yeah, I mean, if that's true, well, uh, I was hearing that earlier, I saw it on Twitter before, I mean, crackers anyway. Um, basically, that's going to draw a curtain under this season, 2021-2022. Yeah, some people think it's been a good season, there's been progress. In some ways, there has been progress. In other ways, not as much progress as we hoped. The goals against has been bad, the defeats has been bad. But... You know, we're back in Europe, back in the Europa League. That's a progress. Let's see what the summer brings. Transfers, let's see who comes in. Let's see what happens in the summer and go again next year. We'll still be here, regardless of whether, we, whether we're whether 100% behind our tatter, whether we don't think he's the right man, whatever it is, we'll still be here supporting the team, supporting the club and hoping next season's better that's what we hope every year every summer's the same isn't it you, you always go into hope that things are going to improve let's see what the transfer window brings us you know the new so far isn't encouraging for me renewing El Nenny, giving Eddie 100 grand a week I mean and obviously Arteta's already had his renewed I'm not 100 behind those decisions but let's hope let's hope I'm right because who knows uh, what's going to happen? Neil says, yeah, take care. all. We'll hope to chat again soon. Yeah, definitely, mate. Doomleon um, Nine says, that's a second choice wage, not third. Um, well, there you go. And Neil says, top four and cut will be progress. Yeah, it was. Uh, Neil says, it's been a good listen while I'm stuck in at work. Oh, cheers, mate. Thanks for tuning in, Phil. Hey, hope you're well, mate. Um, and Neil says, uh, cheers, Terry um, and Sean there. I don't believe they'll pay any 100 grand a week. Maybe if he scores 15 goals plus. Well, 100 grand a week. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm flabbergasted when I saw that actually earlier. I, I don't know if that can be true. But anyway, let's see. If it's true, it's true, isn't it? I mean, fair play to Eddie. He's done well for himself, hasn't he? If he gets that contract, he's certainly not going to leave, is he? Um, and the and I says, Europa might be all we need for the moment at this stage we're at now. And I agree with that, yeah. Um, maybe a blessing better than getting stuffed by, by a 9-0. Now you're right. And I, I kind of agree. Um, I think the Europa League is where we are at the minute, and I don't think we can expect too much more, and I think that's it, Um, and it does give us a chance, we we had no chance of winning the Champions League, let's be honest, we'd have probably struggled to get through the group stage, so being in the Europa League at least gives us an opportunity, we've reached a semi-final twice, we've reached a final twice, it's a level that we're at in terms of Europe, isn't it, so let's hope next year we can have a good run get to the semi-final, get to the final, who knows, win it. That would be great, wouldn't it? And I think if we win the Europa League, regardless of where we finished in the league, I would take finishing eighth or ninth in the league if we won the Europa League, because one, it gets us in the Champions League, and two, at least you can sacrifice the league to win something like that our european trophy record is poor isn't it Two in our whole history we need one more at least so yeah that's what we need to that's what we need to look at but yeah no i agree europe league is where we're at we've got a, we've got a reasonable chance of doing well in it which is what we want um neil says you hey, you looking to match Ryan's 24-hour pod <laughs> no i'm not no <laughs> um sean says hey, is Balogun coming back i don't know actually i've not heard about Balogun. i would probably sell it if i'm honest um you know if we're offering any of this new contracts if we're buying two new strikers is he going to get a game? Um, probably not. So I don't know. Boom, um, Boondina9 says, thanks for the show, Rich. By the way, my favourite game was being in the North Bank behind the goal when Tony Adams scored against Everett. Oh, wow, yes. That's probably my favourite game at Highbury. You know, winning the league that day in the sunshine. Winning it in that style as well, 4-0. And that goal, of course, as as the commentary went, summed it all up, it did, didn't it? Yeah, that is definitely my, my greatest um, game at Highbury, I think. Uh, there's been a few good games at Highbury. That's that. He's probably my favourite ever Highbury game. Um, definitely was. That was that was an amazing day. Uh, never forget. First Premier League title as well. And we got the trophy after. This, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, Terry says, "Don't forget to like and subscribe." Yes, please. Yeah, please do. Yeah, it'd be great to get you on board for, for, for subscribing to the channel. Um, and what, what we'll be doing now is I may have a little break from the channel just the season's finished and just have a break for a week or so. We will be covering the Women's Euros. We do love our Women's football on this channel, particularly the Arsenal Women. But we'll be covering the Women's Euros, so there'll be some shows there. Um, at least, um, you know, there'll be a few watch-alongs. I'm going to a few games, so I'll be doing some vlogging from there as well. Uh, and there'll be some shows on on a regular basis throughout the competition. Hopefully, England can do well. Um, and then I'm going to also look at doing some different sort of content as well through the summer and into next season as well. Just mix things up a bit it's been a good season on the channel actually um you know it's gone well um a lot of people have, have started subscribing to us and, and been joining in you know so but i'm going to try and expand it a bit next year I Have a few more live shows a few different things get some different people involved as well do some different things so do please stay with us because although we might have about a week or two off we will be back bigger and better uh, very soon. Um, Sean says there, Steve Bowles assists, uh, missed the game. Oh, you didn't miss that one as well, did you? Oh, you're lucky, mate. I tell you, you, missed a couple of ones there. But that was my, definitely my favourite game of hybrid year. Um, we were celebrating long before Tony scored that goal because we knew we'd won the league. Um, I think I went over Mars. I wasn't convinced until Overmars scored the third goal in the second half when he ran through and slotted that one in. That's when I knew we'd won it. And then, of course, the Adams goal just uh, topped it all off. Didn't it? Fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, brilliant brilliant stuff so thanks to all you guys in the chat it's been brilliant actually i so say i intended to do a show for about an hour and it's gone on for three hours so that, that's that's you've got a bonus or you might not look at it like that but anyway it's, it's been a it's been a bonus for me i really enjoy it so thanks everyone for watching and i say if you haven't done so please like share and subscribe um it is free to subscribe we are near a thousand It'd be nice to get there wouldn't it soon i'll be back probably in a week or so maybe 10 days um i will put some stuff on obviously promoting when, we, when we're back with some new content uh, there will be some new different ideas coming up as well for next year next season I say don't forget the Women's Euros because that is going to be good if you like football you will enjoy the Women's Euros because it is top top quality stuff it's going to be really really good and I'll be, I'll be I'm at the first game in Austria Old Trafford I'll be doing some vlogging from there I think we're going to uh, Netherlands against Sweden we've got a semi-final as well hopefully it'll be England it's on England's side of the draw. if we win our group we'll be England semi-final so um, that'll be good um sean says i'll stop going in 88 i live up north now as well um a bit more recent than that though not been up here as long as that um neil says that Uh, Luca's in there he says great video good stuff well thanks i'll say thanks to everyone for for watching your support so i'll be back very soon with some new content coming up and that has been um 2021 2022 um so, I, you know, i you? you've been at North Carolina well. Um, we're talking about, you know, don't forget tomorrow night, the anniversary. If I'll showing up on the website, get the video out, get the DVD out, watch that game again. That's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow night, as I always do on the 26th of May. So that's going to be fun. So please uh, watch that as well. We'll enjoy that while we're tomorrow. Uh, so I'll be back in a week or so with some more content and then it'll be a women's euro starting in July. Uh, I'm going to a friendly actually, women, uh, England women, sorry, against uh, holiday, the friendly on, on 24th of June. So I'll be doing some vlogging from that as well. But loads of stuff coming up. Please like, share, and subscribe. I will speak to you guys very, very soon. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Um, If you did enjoy it, please give it a like and please subscribe if you're new. And in the meantime, as always, always finish the same way. Come on, you gunners. Come on, Arsenal. Let's do it. Let's have a better season, eh? Let's, let's, you know, let's move on to that next level. Let's win that Europa League. That's what we want, isn't it? Come on, it'll be good with it. So enjoy it. Enjoy the rest of your week. Um, Enjoy the 89 celebrations tomorrow and get the DVD out. And I'll speak to you very soon. Take it easy, guys. Thanks for watching. Like, share and subscribe. Be back with you very, very soon. Thanks for your company tonight. I'll speak to you soon. ta